February 15th, 1998. The Wedding Singer traded jokes for 80s references, so something something, Rubik's Cube, David Bowie's Let's Dance, while wearing Eddie Murphy's suit from Delirious. Neutral Milk Hotel released their transcendent masterpiece in the airplane over the sea, and Pitchfork gave it an 8.7. In Iraq, Saddam Hussein negotiated a deal with the UN, allowing weapons inspectors to return to Baghdad, and they never had problems with that guy again. Meanwhile in Houston, Eight guys battled with trash cans at No Way Out of Texas in your house. Did you call me a yahoo? This is Hell in a Cell Phone. The Wedding Singer lost out to Titanic in, like, its eighth week at this point in the box office. Like, Titanic was such a thing that... Wait, you think you thought The Wedding Singer should beat Titanic? In its eighth week, yes. I guess so, but I, I think we're underestimating that The Wedding Singer... Like, was The Wedding Singer a hit? The Wedding Singer was a hit. It the was Wedding hit? Singer was a movie about an old lady who raps one time, right? That's, <laughs> right. that's what The Wedding Singer was? It was the whole movie, yeah. yeah she does just, it, she just goes around to weddings. She does it, but no, she does it one time, and that's the whole movie. That's the whole thing. Yeah, there's no other point to pay to see that movie. Anyway, anyway, Titanic sure. was such a, a, like a cultural thing at this point. This was right around when we had auditions for the spring musical wow. my sophomore year. And you know what we did? Titanic? Yes. Titanic, oh. the music. No, we did... Uh, and for the audition? Did you audition Rapper's Delight in the style of the old lady from The Wedding Singer? <laughs> it was definitely The Wedding Singer, wasn't it? Sorry, go on. The unsinkable Molly Brown was the musical that wow. year. Oh, because Molly Brown was uh, part of the Titanic. Exactly. Yeah, I so don't there was, know anything about it. It was the big selling point. We were going to get people to come because... Hey, remember the three-hour historical... Was your principal like a 1950s Hollywood exec, like chewing on a cigar, being like, you know what they want? The kids, they love their Titanic stories! Well, well was it first, Man? First, <laughs> first, the principal is not the one who chooses the play. The director mm. is the one who chose And the, the director play. was the principal, but he <laughs> likes to be called the director at the time. No, the doctor is my wife. Um, okay. Wouldn't, in drama club in high school... Isn't the whole, like, we can sell tickets the fact that, like, all the people have, like, parents? Yeah, I mean... And family members who so, are going to go see them? So the idea was that the community was going to come in for this. Oh, right. They'd be like, oh, it's the theater. <laughs> Ooh, the unsinkable Molly Brown. I like that Titanic movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. Surely this is the same. Now, it's too bad they didn't have, um, what is it, Ticket Now or, or that app on your uh, on, on your cell phone so everybody could apply to get the $10 unsinkable Molly Brown tickets. Like like a Groupon? Right. Well, you know, because the rest were going on sale on uh, on Ticketmaster for well, like 50 $60. Well, no, it was ins- the, the resale market back then was insane. Right, yeah. Also, exactly. I would just like love the idea of the, of the community sitting around and wondering if this high school <laughs> stage production may take place in the same cinematic universe <laughs> as the biggest film ever made. <laughs> uh, yes, we traded in the the scale uh, reproduction of the actual ship for two boards with wheels on it with the Titanic sinking painted on it with half the curtain closed. I think wow. you should have gotten the ship. I Get the full ship. Well, the ship's, the, the ship's agent is very hard to work well, with. Couldn't he <laughs> have pulled some strings with the sailing club? Guys, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we're going to all... We call them sheets in the sailing club. We we all have to wear topsiders when we're on stage because we cannot we scuff We don't want to scuff it. 
this was a big week though also the uh nagano olympics were this week and i have zero recollection of it not gonna talk about it anymore (laughs) (laughs) not gonna go down that road (laughs) Uh, wow that's better than any joke that was made during takamishi's match There's the transition, baby! Uh, welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. I'm Aaron Benoit, joined as always by Bobby Hankinson. Hello, hello. And Eric Silver. Bonjour! <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there's, there's, Je suis pensé today! Aujourd'hui. There is one song in the Unsinkable Molly Brown that is just saying hello in a bunch of different languages. Isn't that also in like uh, Sound of Music? Sound of Music, maybe. I don't know. Famously, <laughs> I, <laughs> famously, yeah. the the the, uh, the Sound of Music wasn't um, that popular at that point, so we didn't have to do it to uh, to get in the local. Maybe they just made up the Unsinkable Molly Brown and they just took songs from other. <laughs> yeah, you know that one where uh, the, where Molly Brown is going up to heaven and she talks about all the different types of cats. <laughs> <laughs> then Molly Brown puts on her roller skates. You don't even know. Tears, tears in my eyes as Molly Brown dies of consumption and her daughter is left to escape convict Jean Valjean. Right. She also sings <laughs> memories. <laughs> We're going back to February 1998 for No Way Out of Texas in Your House. And goddamn, is that a word? Yeah, no, no way out of word. Texas. <laughs> I meant a mouthful. I was going to go a mouthful, and then just word just came in. It was so much a mouthful that just word escaped. It's a real wordful. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy. I think, they were, I think there was some kind of contractual obligation with Texas to be like, listen, you can't just say no way out. We want them to know. There's... Because all the branding is no way out all over the place. So I feel like there's... Some rumor, and I don't know, and I don't think this is true because I've heard other people say they didn't even realize this. That no way out, the initials are also NWO, and so Ooh. there was. There's a theory. I don't. It doesn't seem to be accurate, but there are certain corners of the internet that will have you believe that they extended it to no way out of Texas. Oh, so this way it's N Woot and what? <laughs> oh, are you not counting of? Okay, fair. No way out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't do Enwoot. I would do Enwat. Well, that's why, you know, you're the writer. (laughs) It's all about economy of language. Which is one of the... Enwoot is one of the ways that Molly Brown learned to say hello in the song. (laughs) It's because she grew up and nobody taught her language. (laughs) Shamana. Shamana. That's Manel. When did that come Oh, That's My Nell is actually the musical that we tried to put on. We could not sell one fucking ticket to it. <laughs> because... <laughs> oh. They tried to do the song where you sing, you sing hello in every language, but it was just one word over and over. <laughs> this is not a time for your perfect pitch. <laughs> oh. Uh... Anybody think of anything about the intro to this thing? Well, even before we get to the intro, some things to note that I think are going to be important for this. So this is, at this point, Mike Tyson has generated the most media coverage the WWF or WWE has seen since probably, like, WrestleMania 1. Is this just for him showing up last time? Or yeah, and also, like, they know that he's going to be involved in WrestleMania. Even well, no, though wait, not... wait, wait, because Eric needs to be caught up a little bit. So Tyson showed up on Raw after the um, after the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And he's in the ring, and who shows up? Stone Cold Steve Austin. He 
Steve Austin gives him the also double... known as Cold Stone Steve Austin, <laughs> right? Obviously, <laughs> the Ice Cream Man. Uh, Stone Cold gives him the double middle finger, and Mike Tyson shoves him, and Vince McMahon loses his shit. He's like, "You ruined everything." It it was pretty dope. It sounds like uh, when when like I talked to my parents <laughs> at my birthday when they like they didn't get chocolate and <laughs> they gave me vanilla. I'm like, "You ruined everything." <laughs> No one's going to want to come to this. It is a very My Super Sweet 16 moment from Vince. Uh, but Tyson's a huge draw. He's also during this time of the ship. I don't know if it's before of this pay-per-view, but this general time period, this relationship with WWF, Tyson is splitting from Don King. So also oh. Tyson is obviously a huge flashpoint in the news because of all the whole ear biting stuff and whatever. So his name is going very far. There's a TV guide cover with Tyson Austin and Shawn Michaels on it. So this is like huge mainstream media news. Um, okay. happening with this. So that's going, there's a lot of excitement around wrestling as a whole. WWF is not topping WCW yet, but both are seeing huge increase in ratings. Um, they're doing gangbusters right now. Around, I mean, around it this seems like line. everyone's watching wrestling at this point. Now, at the same time, going into this pay-per-view, keep in mind, when this pay-per-view was advertised, the superstars they said they were going to have, and now flash forward to the present day, and we have Undertaker, who's taking time off because his dad is sick, so that's why he's not on this pay-per-view. Undertaker so. has parents. Undertaker has parents. <laughs> so Undertaker's not there. Wait a second. His, his dad is so sick, his, he's dead. His dad is dead along with his mom. Oh, right, all oh, right. Kane, the little, the little-headed boy. Yeah, why didn't Kane take off? I mean... <laughs> so Undertaker's out. Uh, Sean is out because he hurt his back. Right. Um, and at this point, and we'll talk a lot about this, I'm sure, but I do think... Uh, at this point, I think people are still wondering if he's really hurt or if he just like lost a smile again, doesn't want to do a job. But Vince wants to save his WrestleMania main event because that's the most important thing uh, right now. Brett's gone, Bulldog's gone, and Pillman's dead. So like those were all names that all five of those names were advertised for this show. Like when the tickets went on sale, you know, like months ago, uh, and now those are five huge superstars. That's that why they put a little TBD or, or so uh, called subject to change. Yeah, lineup may be subject to change. Wow. So is, everything may be subject to change. So that, I think that's some interesting like context for the matches we're seeing and everything that unfolds tonight on this pay per view. Is that we have all these guys out. Michaels hurt his back. We talked about this in the last episode in the casket match Undertaker at Royal Rumble. Um, it was a legit injury. Michael saw his doctor, and they also were like, by the way, he also has, like, a bruised kidney, and blah, 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 blah. And, like, because if any wrestler... Bruce Pritchard talked about this, too, and he said, like, if any wrestler goes to the doctor, they're going to give him a list of things that are wrong. Any wrestler has a million things wrong with them at any given moment. It's like taking so, your, your old car into the mechanic, and they're like, wow, how is this still running? Exactly. But it was a legitimate injury, and he was supposed to be off of it. And, and Vince had him go to his own to like one of Vince's doctors and it it was legit and so instead of risking it they pulled him <laughs> on the It's like we're going to go to the good doctor this time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like like Shawn Michaels was like going to a vet. For it's a like while. we're going to Hibbert not Nick. You know what I mean? <laughs> they sent him to Papa Shango first. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac Yankum <laughs> Teeth look great, I think. Um yeah, so I basically my only note about the intro package was these packages, this package or these packages make a lot less sense when I haven't been watching the Raws because I'm just like, I don't know, sure, whatever you want to say. I just like, I mean, I still think they're doing a, a sort of like big idea here and I just like I'm impressed with, I remember even as a kid being impressed with like the vocabulary they used. Like talking about like nihilism or whatever, you know what I mean? Like they said like, nihilism, but they when they say nihilism, nihilism or, yeah, they, yeah. They, they they pronounced it in a weird way. But I I like I remember even as a kid being like learning a bunch of like words like that from wrestling. Because... This is what uh, Joe Biden actually wants uh, 
poor people to do is turn on the TV, put on <laughs> put on Attitude Era WWE. Yeah. This joke won't even make any sense because it's going to be like three months after that debate. <laughs> and who knows what other news is going to happen between right. now and then. Like, by the time we finish recording this podcast tonight, it's not going to be relevant anymore. Yes. But uh, turn for your kids, you know, they don't have enough words. Put on WWE. All the best words. Yeah. Suck it. I liked when they said, um, and has somebody gone too far? And it was a picture of Kane lighting the Undertaker's casket on fire. Like, did he maybe go a little bit too far with that immolation right there? Did the televised murder go too far? Yeah, I think cremation is too far. I mean, (laughs) like, Undertaker's not back. That's fucked. But that's a cool, that's a cool thing. Yep. And one of the main storylines of the night that we'll be talking about throughout the night is, since there's no Sean, who is going to be the eighth man in the match? And your listener, we don't want to spoil it for you now, but this will be, after every single match tonight, they will check in with members of the main event about their feelings about it, and we're going to keep you in suspense, because we want you to feel the tension and the drama that we felt, so when you get the payoff, you get the full experience that we get watching we don't know. It's a little bit like Rashomon, like everyone... you know what's everyone's perspective on who the we go back to like 20 minutes ago when they first get word that michaels isn't on the team anymore first match of the night though we've got mark marrow and gold dust who's in the middle of his maryland dust phase versus the headbangers (sighs) okay a couple things (laughs) i have to process a lot with this Mm -hmm. yep uh, first thing i wrote was is gold dust's music like basically the beautiful people Mm -hmm. Uh, and this isn't a, a WWE network. Like no, this is this is the music he was using at the time. Because there was for a minute back in March of '97, the Beautiful People was the theme song of Raw. Oh, really? And yeah. it would go on to be the, the theme of SmackDown later. So, like, there's a relationship with that song. There's a relationship with like the the writers and Marilyn Manson is it's like amazing to me. Well, Marilyn Manson was huge at this time, huge, absolutely huge. Beautiful people, it was huge. It was not like a niche super like. It was okay. It it, was like MTV Awards closing out the show on TRL. Like the Dope Show was like a top ten hit alongside In Sync. I will say, I yes, I mean, listen, I I knew the Beautiful People. I saw the videos. It was big. I agree. Was it like all-encompassing, everything we do should be Marilyn Manson-themed? I don't think so. Kind of, I think. Really? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, because Marilyn Manson courted controversy, and that's what WWF was going for at this time. I agree with that. And, yeah, I mean, it was fucking huge. Like, I remember, like, saving up my money and going down to the uh, the record store and buying Antichrist Superstar and my mom freaking out and me being like, ha-ha, I won. I definitely taped all the songs off the radio. I think so that <laughs> WR, really? the all-rock like, radio station, yeah. Oh, well, then, actually, after that, then I went back and bought the other albums because... Of course, guys, we know. We didn't want to be a poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you listen and like all the other albums? I listened to each of them once i was not a f- i like the sweet dreams cover on the one but i actually i i do think i mean i've got a lot of problems with obviously marilyn manson the human being but i think that uh antichrist superstar is a solid album and what's mechanical animals is the, the follow-up i think so yeah I don't remember 
All right, well, Aaron's officially not a poser, I guess. <laughs> no, but also, he, like, he knew the second the album after that. But there's also at the same time happening like orgy and corn. There's a there's like a big pop culture moment for these sort of like goth alt. I agree. Bands. I I do agree to it to an extent. I mean, I so my perspective on this, not to go too deep into it, is I was I was in high school. Um, I had friends who were I had a friend who was like into corn and into KMFDM. I don't know if he was if he ever got into Marilyn Manson. So yeah, I, I, I like I and Mar- Marilyn Manson was always on my radar. I do did Columbine happen yet or no? No. That was 99. So Columbine hasn't happened yet. I knew that Marilyn Manson was a thing. I guess what I'm saying is like I I don't know if I can draw an analog to current days, but like it's just it's amazing to me that that like I, and I know that they were courting Kirk controversy. He was courting controversy. It was a lot of that stuff. It's just amazing to me that they're just like, well, this is the thing that we're going to base every concept that we have. All the new things that we do are going to be a bunch of Marilyn Manson. Like they did it with the headbangers. Well, if what you say is correct about that, then they did. Then now Goldust is doing it. Then well, they're going to like use the music for the thing. It's a lot. You think about the WWF always is, takes inspiration from like what's happening in mainstream culture. And like, especially music. You think back to the rockers and the and the rock yeah. wrestling connection and all that stuff. And now and like hip hop and things later. And like they do, I think, try to tap into the zeitgeist. I feel like even in that weird like pop punky emo phase, they were like drawing stuff from. And so I feel like there's they're always tapping into the biggest thing. And I honestly feel like, no offense, Eric, you might have been a little too old for Marilyn Manson Maybe. because I feel like it was like a very I, I remember like at 18 because I was in 7th grade and I remember like going home running home like watching TRL and it would be like on the countdown did those videos terrify you? no um, beautiful people yeah but Dope Show didn't Dope Show was when he kind of was a little bit more approachable well because that was like like his glam yeah. album yeah and it makes so much more was, sense what, that was that was a few years after, though, wasn't it? Not too much. It can't be that much more. Nice. Yeah, so, but I, I think it was like a teen, like, I think at 18, you might have been like over it. Probably. But I feel like. I, I will also say, I mean, my only counter to that is I understand when things are big, but also I don't think culture is monolithic. We know, we can all agree on that. I don't think that, um, you know, big, you know, that big references are monolithic. I mean, clearly, if they were, if. You know, Nation of Domination was getting was doing kind of like a hip hop thing, and and like they were also had a Marilyn Manson thing going on at the time. I mean, you know, I don't, they never even touched really Nirvana, from what I can see, uh, or like like I didn't see much grunge. I I think they picked and chose like they chose mm-hmm. what they wanted to deal with, and to me that that's more of my comment is that like like the Marilyn Manson stuff like spoke to them probably from their carny roots because this is like the carnival of carnivals right like it's like a guy who may or may not have removed a rib to suck his own dick and like was or wearing... was paul from the wonder years <laughs> yeah probably right now uh was it paul from the wonder years i or think mr. it was belvedere yeah. no it was paul from, paul the, wonder from the wonder years yeah that was yeah. the was, i can't remember a, that it was a mr belvedere guy right i think there was a mr belvedere thing associated with it Maybe, maybe no, they, they everyone thought that Mr. Belvedere was the lead singer of Corn. Oh, I, everyone knows that he sat on his balls. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, but, well, what, anyway. but also I want to get to so what is the point of Marilyn Dust? Well, I think he's been going through and doing these gimmicks that are a, a take on his opponent, so Vader Dust and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so this is essentially Marilyn Dust is his answer to the headbangers. So wait, it's not, wait, so it's, what was Vader Dust? 
on Raw, he's been taking different, uh, like he'd come out dressed in like a Vader-inspired garb. And he'd be oh. Vader dust. So he changed dust. He stuck with Maryland dust for a little bit, though, while feuding with the headbangers. And he was that was essentially his, instead of being like a banger dust or whatever. Banger dust. Head dust, <laughs> gold banger. He was. That actually Marilyn makes Manson a lot was. of sense. Okay. And there's a lot of overlap, though, also, like. I mean, Ella Manson was androgynous and did all like wore a lot of women's clothing and makeup and stuff. And so with Goldust, it made perfect sense. So that's so that's my question though: Is it a, an homage to Marilyn Manson, or is it to fuck with the headbangers? I think it's both. Oh. Yeah, He's, I, man's got levels. I think. It, I mean, I think it probably was a felicitous. Uh, coincidence. I would think so. Or, did you or, learn that word on uh, the uh, on yeah, the pay-per-view? in the intro? Um, or, or basically, they were like, "Well, why not have him feud with the headbangers because he can, uh, you know, he can adopt this thing." That okay, that makes a lot more sense. I honestly, again, not seeing the raws and not having the context of what the game is. The game is I'm going kind of like what Damian Sandow would do. The game right. was, you know, I'm whoever I'm facing, I'm going to do a mockery of what they are. And I didn't realize that. So I was just like, man, they're doing a lot of fucking Marilyn Manson shit. And I was annoyed by that part. This makes more sense. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Velveteen Dream does a similar thing. Or was for a while. He's doing it less so now. But, like, that is, like, a tradition, I think, too, in wrestling. These, like, over-the-top characters that, like, take on certain things to get in the head of their opponents. Cool. Or whatever. Into it. And then one more thing before the match even begins. So Meryl is doing his whole Sable get the hell out of here thing. There's only one beautiful lady in this ring. Is he referring to Goldust or to Luna? To Luna. Okay. I didn't understand any of this. And second, why does Mark Marrow like that? I it honestly is unclear. They're pushing now because they know at this point um, this is all really about Sable and Luna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Keep in mind, so Sable entered the company, not a wrestler. Yeah. Not, a, not a lick of wrestling training or interest in being a wrestler. And she is slowly becoming one of the most popular faces in the entire company, male or female. Yeah. Um, the biggest, gets the biggest pops of the night, all of this stuff. And so they're playing with that. So they have to, like, you know, where does this lead? It has to lead to something um, with Sable. And so I think they're, this is all about setting up Sable and Luna more than anything else. I love the headbanger shirt. Real men wear dresses. I like. I also like that. Yeah, but I liked it. They were talking. Uh, is Metallica and Marilyn Manson the same? No, no. Because they started no. always like these guys. You don't know like the music they like. They like Metallica, and I'm like, do they? Probably. They're uh, not the same. I, but I would say that there's some overlap as far as their fandom. Like if you're if you're a Marilyn Manson fan, I think it's more likely that a Marilyn Manson fan would like Metallica than a Metallica fan would like Marilyn Manson. I agree with that. Okay. Or it's it's the the Venn diagram is like extends more towards Metallica than it would towards um, towards Marilyn Manson. But also at this point, Metallica is doing their "We Cut Our Hair, uh, Load and Reload." Yeah. Right, the friends don't let friends get friends haircuts. Ha! Huh. You remember that this was uh, Alice in Chains unplugged. Uh, they saw Metallica sitting in the front row. And uh, I think it was Jerry Cantrell, the guitarist, like wrote that on his guitar, and like was basically just making fun of them. That's yeah. funny. It's very fucking funny. Alice in Chains, that was what I was listening to in high school. That was great. But yeah, I I was surprised. I at first I was like, oh, it's Mero versus Gold Dust. No, it's Mero and, and Gold Dust as a team. 
And then I was like, why Why is Sable being banished? Like, what was the... I didn't understand any of it. It didn't make any sense. There's nothing to understand about it. It's... It, the Like, the thing is, so... Marrow doesn't like that Sable is getting all the attention. Yeah. Is what they're pushing. Right. But it's just, like, cartoonish supervillainy level. I think the thinking behind this storyline is... Marrow hurt his knee. Um, so he was out for a while. And so when he came back... He rehabbed his knee too hard and actually made it worse. So then he had to wear this knee brace, which means he can't do some of the high-flying offense he used to do. So like, let's turn him heel. And also, uh, the easiest way to turn him heel is to like have him be depriving the crowd of Sable, who's like red hot to see Sable naked. So of course, like make the guy try to cover her up and hide her. It'll be like easy heat. That's the easiest way to rehab your knee, by the way, is to be very protective and yeah, and of your wife and. Yeah, so that's the that was the thinking I think behind it is that also like um, people want to boo guys with hot wives. That's why also that's like also the thinking with like Rusev and Lana. Like I think that's also like part of it, and why they don't put more people faces that are in couples together. I think on TV. Oh, like Alistair Black. Well, Alistair Black. I don't know what his his alignment is right now, but even like Becky and Seth were rare. I feel like to mm. see them like put up and only because they guess what. Been, I don't like Seth because of Becky. <laughs> I know, because well, I feel it doesn't it doesn't work. Okay, so I, I my note here was mostly boring, but the screwy finish was like okay. I don't even remember what was. So can we walk through what happened in the match? Um, but I, I want to go back a oh. little bit before that though. Um, Thrasher when he's bleeding, do you think that was a blade job? It was not. He was okay. busted open. All right. Damn, I thought it was way. a blade. Shit looked cool. Shit no, looked really hard cool. Way. But yeah, we can go to the finish because. Finish this match. match. Uh, Sable comes marching back down. Uh, Mero looks like he has the win in the bag. He delivers the TKO to Mosh. Um, I believe. I can't remember if it was Mosh or Thrasher. I think he might have given it to Thrasher. But then what happens is Sable comes back down, starts fighting with Luna. Mero tries to keep Sable from Luna. Goldus keeping Luna from Sable. While they're distracted, uh, Mosh replaces Thrasher or vice versa. So whoever took the TKO, the freshman, is now lying playing possum. So when Mero returns, rolls him up in a small cradle, gets the steals the win. Yeah, it was Thrasher who is who got replaced by Mosh. It was yeah, good. I liked. I, I thought it was fine. And I'm here for the Sable Lana or Sable not Lana Luna feud. Yeah, well you're in luck. Oh yeah. Um, by the way, Sable's back. Like she's. I was. I went through a period of just being like, mm, not into it, not yeah. feeling it. But holy shit, she looked real good. Hundred percent. Yeah, I actually think she got like a, a hair and makeup upgrade, I feel like, which I know may not jump out at you, but I think it jumped out at me. I was like, her hair looks cute. I was going to say she got like a good night of sleep. The crow's feet were... She, she looked good. Seemed to be covered up. Yeah. Um, so that's what was happening with that. Uh, yeah, that's how that match ends. And then we go backstage to Owen. Owen Hart! Yeah. Who does not understand the question and won't respond in true Jessica Walter. <laughs> Fashion. I don't have anything about this. What happened? Uh, so basically, I think uh, the interviewer asks about, he's like, how are you going to coexist with Steve Austin tonight? You know, you guys are on the same team and you have a history. And, he, and Owen was caring. He's like, I don't care who our partner is, who their partner is. Bah, 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 bah. And he's like, not what he asked you. <laughs> and like, he eventually like, got around back to it and it got, led it back to Austin later. Sounds like he was in the Democratic debates. Oh. Whoa again two months later no one's gonna know <laughs> no one's gonna know 
I what I what I clocked on that was he just kept going and as for you and as for you and as for you like it was a little bit like like fuck you fuck you you're cool fuck yeah. you I'm out. It was it's not a great promo. No, and um, man, from a guy that we've come to He's better I, than this. Do you think that he was like just fully uncomfortable with the booking? But it's also it's it's a very hard role he's in cuz he's not a face and he hasn't been turned face here. And right. so he's on this team, throwing together team with Austin and a devout enemy that he has right. broken his neck. Wait, back up. How is he not a face? He's not a full he hasn't had like a full face turn. Uh, I, I don't think they're don't not going to lean into this face. Thing. Like know, I know, I yeah, I know where the like I know the future yeah. and everything, but I feel like in the, the he's in playing a default face, H, tonight, a face. but it's this it's this. Um, but he's been a face, I think, in in that Michaels was in the heel role in at the Generation X at the I Royal Rumble. I feel like he was and playing so, very tweener. I still feel like I, I don't think they're pushing him as a full blown like meat and potatoes baby face sure but well i mean because now dx is starting to get more and more over yeah. and that's definitely going to complicate things but i don't know i think he's a face i think he's definitely in the default he's in the face role by default in this setup for all of this but i would not classify him as a face he has given all these face promos it's not really i don't know i i, I just feel like it's an awkward thing that's all kind of forced together due to a lot of circumstance and stuff that's happening okay next matchup Pantera versus Takamishinoko. Well, hold on. We got to talk about some with... We got to talk about some... This is a, a match featuring some outfits we have to break down. Okay? Oh, okay. Well, I was about to say, before the match, we have Sonny coming out her. wearing a jumpsuit that Natalie, my girlfriend, would 100% rock today. Okay. Well, I said that this... If I could be extremely homosexual for a minute. Sure. Um, I do think that Sonny's outfit looks like what a community theater company might reuse from Legally Blonde, except as a costume for Chacha G. Gregorio in a future production of Grease. Holy shit. Wait, to break wait, down. doing the math. It checks. It checks. It is like hot pink, but it's also like a halter, big boobs with like weird little like cha-cha flares on bell bottoms. I was going to say the flares like, made me think like a little Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. It, and, <laughs> and the following... Uh, Fall, we'll get into when uh, the St. Mary's High School Drama Club put on Grease. Oh boy, I can't wait for that. I need to know, um, did you keep the, make some cream line? Uh, don't tell me now, I want to know it later. <laughs> and I, I, I will say, there is a VHS of this in my parents' house. Wow. Some... Did they do Grease because Face Off was popular and at you the guys, time? If and Patreon, cap- if you join Patreon, you can see a video of Aaron <laughs> and you will get the video. Oh man, I cannot wait for this real Patreon to totally happen. That From was, the, that was you, funny. you went, you went very gay for this. I'll, for the very straight perspective, were you looking for a camel toe? Because I was. I was like, I was like, I feel like this is a, one of those times for a camel toe to come out, but and what, or, and did, or a moose find? knuckle or whatever. Uh, I don't. I'm still on the fence. I don't know. I don't know. It was like, I she, she didn't look like she was wearing underwear, but I don't know. Wow. Stay tuned. <laughs> Join our Patreon. We will. Yeah, she looked insane. Uh, so she came down as ring announcer for our light heavyweight match between Takamichinoku and Pantera. Yes. And that's basically, we don't know what the fuck to do with Sunny anymore now. So now she's just the ring announcer and sometimes referee of the minis. Yeah. Well, they're, they're not minis. You mean like just like the, the, the minis or the... Or the, what are they? The, the light heavyweights. Light heavyweights. You rewatched the Raws recently. I I haven't rewatched, but 
um, remind me, has there been about the WWE magazine covers? Has that happened in the weeks intervening, or is that coming up? I don't know. Okay. I don't remember. It would, there would have been a raw thing where uh, at some point, and this isn't too much of a sport, it's going to happen in like two seconds, but um, Sable's on the cover. They do, a, they do a special issue of, the mag, of, of one of the WWF magazines with two kind, two different covers, a Sable cover and a Sunny cover, and the Sable, like, it just sells gangbusters, and so they make a big production out of it. And oh, me, I, you know what? That sounds familiar. I think it was. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Weeks. Meaning I, it sells gangbusters like one outsells the other? I don't think they did. I think they were just playing the idea that it's like one of the best-selling magazines of all time, and at the time it was, because there was two covers, or so everyone was buying both versions, and so in doing that, they, like, goosed their own sales. Meanwhile, this week on SmackDown, was it Mandy Rose is on the cover of Maxim Australia? Yeah, and really. that's a plot point? Really a stretch. Yeah. The print journalism industry is thriving down under. But uh, it thrives the other way. Counterclockwise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But Sunny's still an attraction is why I'm trying to like, why I was bringing this in the first place. Because Sunny's still an attraction. I think while she has nothing to do right now, they're trying to at least like keep her, uh, like, uh, keep her presence warm. Do you think Sonny's outfit was better than Pantera's outfit? Okay, Pantera's outfit looks like it was so homemade. It literally <laughs> looks like someone's mom went to a Michael's and sewed it onto a gray sweatsuit. Like, it was truly yeah. shocking. It's like someone bought an 80s, mini, yeah, an 80s he was, leotard he was Florida. with a thong. I honestly wrote that in my notes. <laughs> ah, like, I'm out of state. I'm a monster. Like, that is what it was. It's, a, it's unbelievable they let him go on television. Um, but he's wearing like a, like what I believe was a lycra velour zebra print thong leotard over a pair of gray sweatpants. It is, I mean, insane. With some magic marker stripes yeah, on the side for good measure. I feel like I have seen like unnamed jobbers with better gear than this guy with a pay per view bout on WWF at, at, a, at a time when wrestling is hugely popular. Um, and then Brian Christopher comes out to do color commentary with his paw, and he looks like he's wearing something from a very early episode of a very early season of Project Runway. Ha! Uh, and super racist. Man. Oh my god. Man. Unbelievable. This match was insufferable to watch, not on mute. Like, if you do go back, if, you're, if our listeners go back and watch these pay-per-views with these episodes, I would uh, suggest us watching this on mute. It's, yeah. Well, I I just, like, in my notes, in all caps, in very large letters, I just wrote, call the match. Like, because it's a decent, it's not, it's not great. It's not a good match. But it's a decent match. It's it's fun. It's got some nice spots in it. And just, if it wasn't so distracting, all the bullshit that they're spouting over on the side, then I think that it could, it could be fun. Well, I think you expect bullshit from Lawler, and by extension, you expect bullshit from Brian Christopher. I think what was also annoying is, like, even JR was, like, stuck in in just like a repetitive loop about like pointing out that uh, Brian Christopher is Jerry Lawler's son. So yes. even he was doing a bit the whole time. So it's like, is there a, one adult in the room? It was like an improv scene that like, that everyone got stuck in that nobody could like black yeah. out on. Yep. Cause, cause they were like, well, we don't need to go into, and, and yeah, I agree. The match was like fine, but also there were like a couple fun spots. None of it got covered. It, it and I think hearing the commentary really took me out of caring about the match, having anything to say about the match. I was just like, uh, this fucking yeah. By the, by the time it got to, uh, you think he could eat a taco with chopsticks? I'm like, oh, just fuck you guys. 
I mean, at one point, Brankhurst calls him slanty-eyed. I mean, like, it's, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, I missed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just I'm, full bore. Ugh. It's he, really he upsetting. didn't. He didn't really have the finesse of racism that no, it was the, he wielded it like a like a blunt object. It was yeah, uh, it's bad. It doesn't age well, but it also didn't present well in real time. Like, I even remember like watching him as a kid and being like, yikes. Yeah. Much like uh, Jeff Jarrett does not age well. No boy, <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, this was, uh, this match didn't need to exist in my life, yeah. I feel like. I have know. no problem moving on. Yeah. Although after the match, Sonny definitely mugged to the camera like your aunt in a wedding video. She mugs to the camera every single time. It's crazy. She's always just like kind of winking and moving. Just she doesn't like, know. Yeah. Like a little kiss to the camera. Like, mm. yes, it's, it's constant. Like. You know what? Sable doesn't even understand that a camera's there half the time. <laughs> she is just like she's just so pure. Sable is just so pure that they put her. They definitely like greased her up, powdered her down, put her in pleather. Like it's not easy to put on that cat suit. I am sure of it. Um, well, we know because Mero has to help her with it. He he opens up her door to to stop her. And in the middle. I, I'm telling you, like it's just it's so crazy. Like the sense memory I have watching this, like seeing sable start to like really pick up like i was just such a big sable fan at this point it's i'm excited i'm like re-excited to see it again one two three the musketeer hey (laughs) some spike seltzer company please please just pay us yeah we won't tell you we won't tell you which one we're drinking so that this way all of you can sponsor us or one of you can be the enterprising one to jump on it because we drink spike seltzer every time we're recording literally every time every time sometimes we run out of a spike seltzer and then we have to do shots and it things things go sideways real quick (laughs) yeah so if you're a liquor company don't better not sponsor us because like we those are the off the rails episodes how excited were you guys when you saw what was coming up next? <laughs> Extremely ex- excited on so many levels. <sighs> I loved it so much. Did you? Okay, so, but it wasn't. Wait. Okay, so. What what comes up next? So up next, we had uh, Mick Foley and Terry Funk and the AOL chat room. Do they call that room anything? It looks, again, like a bunker. Yeah, and what makes it look like more of a bunker is that they're on these laptops that look like they are military-grade laptops from a <laughs> submarine. <laughs> They, I believe there's periscopes attached to them. It was nuts. Okay, that's detail number one that I loved. They're and they're on basically. It looks like they're in like an empty hotel banquet room, like a generic like pipe and drape background behind them. Um, then Chainsaw Charlie's chainsaw brought with on, them on the on, table because it's not Chainsaw Charlie and it's not Cactus Jack here. We've got Terry Funk and Mick Foley. They're doing a lot of like breaking the fourth wall with these two guys. We'll circle back to that before the main event though. Okay. But I love that uh, Chainsaw Charlie brought his chainsaw like on the table. Like he showed up to oh, work yeah. and he's like, hey, everybody, here's my lunch, here's my chainsaw, I'm out my computer, like ready to check my email. He had to label it <laughs> so that Linda wouldn't fucking take it. Take his chainsaw again. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's doing it. And again, like it's very weird to hear Chainsaw Charlie, who was presented as a lunatic with a sock on his head and a fucking <laughs> chainsaw, as he sits there and he's like, well, let me tell you about my feelings about this match. And they talk like a total human being. And I was like, whoa, the cognitive dissonance here. But I don't know, but calling his fist the graveyard and the hospital. That's pretty good. Oh yeah. I loved it. And then, and then of course we, I see the reason why I didn't think it was a Mick Foley thing. I thought I got, we got the bang, bang. Mm. So I was like, Oh, there's cactus. 
Um, I did love that they both are, you can tell they have no idea what's happening. And then they're both staring into the camera, very innocent. At the end, as they wrap up, I think it was Kevin Kelly was the guy, they were, was the interviewer. And he's like, well, make, you know, or uh, make Cactus, whatever, Terry, Chainsaw are going to be here answering your questions today. Well, and they both were like, oh, right. And they like both like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, shit, right. And they Back to the salt type, mines. And they pretended to type again. It was very, that to me was very gratifying. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Not gratifying at all, though. The Quebecers versus the Godwins. Is this the first appearance of the Quebecers? Do not watch this match. Um, let me tell you a little bit about the Quebecers. The Quebecers originally um, go back to a old wrestling family. So there's Jacques Rougeau, uh, who's one of the Quebecers here. Are they part of the Hearts? No, the Rougeaus are a famous. <laughs> okay. They're a famous Everyone's wrestling a heart, family. Though. I'm sure. Well, no, it's the the Hearts and the Rougeaus are the only two families in Canada. But his brother, who I believe the uh, rivalries are hard. <laughs> This is constant. I believe Jacques' brother... It's like was... the Hatfields and the McCoys, but with more maple syrup. <laughs> he... And a bear! <laughs> he used to be in a tag team with his brother, uh, Ray Rougeau, I believe, uh, who is on French commentary for this match. Um, oh, that we yeah, watch yeah, 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 yeah. That's his brother. They used oh, to be a tag cool. team. Uh, then he was the Mountie. Uh, in the earlier 90s. Mm-hmm. Remember the Mountie. And then the then he was paired with Pierre Roulet or whatever to become the um, Quebecers. In the 90s, this was years like 93, 94. And their original, they were wearing the Mountie outfits. Correct. But their, their theme song was We're Not the Mounties. So the Mountie got in trouble in Canada and actually couldn't wrestle as the Mountie in Canada. Was it for impersonating a police yeah, officer? Yeah, like, <laughs> <what>? essentially... <laughs> So when he wrestled in Canada, he went by a different name when they were in Canada. There Definitely not a law enforcement officer. <laughs> uh, the private Mountie. So he just... wrestled as not a cop. <laughs> are you a Mountie? You have to tell me. <laughs> Could you imagine Big Boss Man like on his way to a stadium well, getting, getting pulled over and they're like, excuse me, sir. Wait, did he? Big Boss Man and Mountie had a feud over like who was the ultimate legal authority in the WWE back in the It turns out, actually, yeah. neither of them because they could not go into any place other than the stadium. It was actually Shawn Michaels came in and he was an advocate for neighborhood policing himself. Like, so he <laughs> pushed that community policing well, themselves. Oh, they had the Guardian the Antifa. <laughs> Ooh. It would be the early 90s? Yeah. Because mm, it wouldn't be Ted DiBiase. It would be a Dusty Rose, the American Dream. Yes. Thank you. Obviously. Uh, so anyway, they wrestled then as the Quebecers then. Then Jacques announced his retirement. Pierre went solo. Pierre had a, briefly had a pirate gimmick for a little bit. Uh, he lost his eye in a, with a, from a Pelagum when he was 12. Okay. Uh, so he had a fake eye for a while. So the original one of the Quebecers, he didn't wear the eye patch. He just had like a, an eye, like uh, a goat like eye. Peter that Falk, Columbo. Is that too mean? Okay. <laughs> his <laughs> eye didn't move. You, you um, pointed at it. Nobody could see that you were being mean. So he he wore a fake eye, and then I, I it was probably I, this I'm not sure, but I assume it was after the pirate gimmick. He just kept the eye patch um, after that. So then he was wrestling singles. Well, it does look kind of cool. Oh, to- I actually think it looks very cool. It's it's a better mask than Vader's. He was um, he was wrestling singles for no, a while. No, wait, what? This will not stand. It looks like Vader's mask, but they just moved it over to the side. I agree. I would rank of mass uh, mankind than uh, Pierre than Vader. Yeah, Pierre's, Pierre's wearing, uh, uh, Vader's wearing 
like uh, sexy lingerie. Yeah, Vader doesn't. Uh, he's wearing panties on I, his face. Every three days or so, I go on Vader's official website and almost buy a T-shirt with Vader's mask on it. That's pretty good. You, I would. Uh, go I mean, it. I love the man, and I like the mask because I love the man. I don't know if I liked the mask when I first saw I it. I like the mask. I like it a lot. I like the mastodon head better. Well, funny thing about Pierre is that he was buried because he refused to lose to Diesel. So Pierre was a singles wrestler then. He was scheduled to face Diesel in Canada. And I think he was supposed to go over but not go over clean, like win by DQ or something. The Click um, used their their influence uh, to convince, to change the finish, that Diesel would go over clean and pin him. Just to be a dick? Um, just because they didn't like to lose. And they, mm-hmm. that was their whole thing. Uh, and so and I'm sure they convinced, you know, I'm sure the pitch sounded more like, and I don't know, this is all conjecture now, that like, the pitch would be like, Oh man, but Diesel's the world champ. He can't lose to anybody. Keep him winning. Keep him a star. Blah, blah, blah. But anyway, Pierre was like not having it. And so he refused to do the job and like kept them outside the ring for a double count out. Um, during like went to business for himself and at that point was totally buried. Like for like going against whatever. The Quebecers then went to WCW and wrestled as, I believe, a team called the Amazing French Canadians. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then they, they came back to WWE for this. This is not their first go around the WWE. The Amazing French Canadians? Yes. That's a very long Chiron. And now they're back. Uh, apparently Vince has a thing where, this is according to Bruce Pritchard, Vince has a thing where he, at least at this point especially, like, thought it was important to always have uh, Quebecois kind of wrestlers in the mix. It's an important, it was like an important territory historically, and there's a lot. Of, it's a wrestling town. Montreal is a wrestling town, and so they wanted to have uh, Quebecois folks on the roster. It would have been nice you if just, they were called the Quebecois instead of the Quebecers. <laughs> you, just, you just really like saying that, don't you? Quebecois. <laughs> it's like the one word you've pronounced right on, on the first go. Thank you. In this entire podcast. Thank you. Who's the face here? I don't think... Either. That was my question, I think. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I, I was so bored by this shit. It is a, but this so, is a bad so, match. Um, my, my memory's a little murky here. The... The Godwins aren't in the middle of a face turn here, are they? I don't believe so, no. Yeah. Not, not with that uh, redneck shit tattooed on them. No, and not with like a post-match beatdown like that. So I don't oh. know if the Quebecers are supposed to be the faces, but even that seems... I actually, yeah, I did write. I was like, are the Quebecers faces? I don't know who's I, the face. I think and nobody is. I, I tuned know. out of this match, like, heart. Like, I really had a... T- I watched this pay-per-view so many times, and each time it was like, um, like a magnet, like polar opposite. Like, I couldn't put my eyes on the screen also though there were more canadians in the ring for this match than when it was team usa versus team canada Ah, that's true they also brought more flags than i think team canada (laughs) brought jesus christ i forgot that that quebec has its own flag. oh i like the quebec flag it's fine but you know just fucking pick or don't bring a flag (laughs) um yeah i i don't know i don't know man yeah, no, we like the less we say about this match, the better. Right? Yeah, let's just move on. It's, oh, did it's... you catch when when Lawler said that Clinton should be assassinated? Yeah, I did catch that. <laughs> I mean, I kind of agree with him now, but <laughs> but back then it was just over a blowjob. So. Oh man, uh, Secret Service is gonna have a fun one. Wow, Secret Service, if you want to join our Patreon, you can see. Uh... I don't want anyone to die, even Bill Clinton. I just. I think he's an asshole, and I spent oh. a long. No, I just. I he's spent... definitely a. He's almost definitely a rapist, and he's probably a child rapist. 
Allegedly. <laughs> and Eric Silver was found hung in his prison cell. <laughs> it's because I like to jerk off and I need to, you know, I need to strangle myself in order to do it. It's autoerotic asphyxiation and I need to be in the um, in a prison cell to do it. Don't murder presidents or ex-presidents. Mm, I don't want to go that far. I know. Yeah, they I, should I don't want to fear. I, I don't want to go that far. Let, they should be afraid of the people. We should make more people afraid of the public. So that attitude era commercial. I love this attitude. We talked about it before. Yeah. I love it. I think it's I think it's one of the best things he ever did. I think it's so good. But I think this one's particularly poignant for reasons we'll go into later. Oh, okay. Next up, we've got Double J. So before we go into this, we have a promo with the New Age Outlaws, and I think from you know from what I can tell, Road Dog uh, acquits himself very well. Yeah, Road Dog's great. But the funniest thing to me of that promo was that Billy Gunn basically reiterates everything road dog says like it's like point by point by point he says exactly the same thing jr i'm gonna go right to the source the wwf tag team champions guys i'm begging you i want to know the world wants to know who is the eighth man in the eight man tag team war did, did is that what you brought me out here for to find out who who the who our partner the new age outlaws we don't even know who our partner is. I thought you were going to tell us, DOC. What's going on in the World Wrestling Federation when the ones who sport the gold don't even have any decision making? Uh, you know, they're not even included in the process. Well, don't, don't you think you should be in this? Right, well, you damn right we should be. What we demand is a little respect. What? Maybe we ought to just start grabbing some respect if nobody's going to give it to us. Well, I, 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 I'll tell you what. You know, this is ridiculous. We demand respect, and I'll tell you what. We'll just take it in our own hands, and we'll go find out who it is. Come the on. Bottom of this. I was just like. Man, this guy doesn't have anything he brings to this. So then we have Jeff Jarrett with Jim Cornette with the Rock and Roll Express and Barry Windham versus Cowboy Bradshaw, who is somehow the third best dressed person out of this group. Number one is, of course, Jeff Jarrett. Oh, I've said before. Cornette. Yeah. Jeff. No, number two is Jim Cornette, who's <laughs> yes. wearing actually kind of a nice suit this time around. It it's, fits him. It fits him well. Okay. It's And the uh, the blue shirt on the black, I thought, looked nice. The tie, everything. And then number three is Cowboy Bradshaw. Oh, uh-huh. okay. I went that. Yeah. Is, is that what he is? That, is it? Is Cowboy Bradshaw like what he's gonna go by in this? Uh, For now, no, I'm just saying he's dressed like a fucking cowboy, and he's the third best dressed yes. person at the ringside. Well, of course, then fourth would be Barry Windham, and then end of list, and then Rock and Roll Express just qualified. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and Roll Express. Wait, is that what they're called? Even I can't even keep up with it. Are they yeah, Rock and Roll, yeah, Rock and Roll Express. Rock and Roll Express. First, you've got Robert Gibson, who looks like Joe Flaherty from I don't know uh, which SCTV. one is which. Um, wearing an airbrushed black leather jacket. Uh, and Joe, then... Joe Flaherty from SCTV was Count Floyd. No, from... no, no. Oh, which one is Ricky? Whatever. Which, which? Uh, not the one. There's with a blonde the, one. Not, not, not the blonde. one with the enormous blonde mullet. Okay, great. Not the one who's the weirdest fucking looking dude I've ever seen. The bald guy. The one who's like an, who's like an old bald yeah. man. Yeah. Everything Ricky Morton is just awful. This whole this tag team, I'm like, could they find two less cool people? Can you explain the Rock and Roll Express? I can't. Okay. Nope. Sure can't. That's fair. No. Um, yeah. Um. Fuck. Okay. First of all, Jeff Jarrett is thirty. Thirty. He's thirty. He looks like he's older than I am now. He's thirty in human years, but he's like two hundred and ten in dog years. In, in, I was gonna say in Aztec. In years. road dog years. <laughs> in Tennessee years. 
Uh, yeah, man, that guy is road hard, put away wet. Agreed. Um, also, it seems like NWA is like a faction of their own now. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird because like the NWA should be anyone who's wrestling for the end of like Bradshaw should be in the NWA and the faction shouldn't be called the NWA. They're doing this as like an invasion storyline. It's sure. basically that's like the idea is like this other promote rival promotion is invading our it promotion. It has sleeper cells in. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Like Jim Cornette, like they're championing it back. Uh and it, it, it the storyline is bad. It doesn't this whole angle doesn't work and Jim Cornette put cut a promo boring. I I don't think it was one of the Raws. I think it was one of the Raws before Royal Rumble where he traces the NWA back to Abraham Lincoln. That seems right. Well, you know, the NWA actually used to be Democrats, but then they became Republicans (laughs) when they didn't like slavery. The Ku Klux Klan was originally Democrats, you guys. Um, okay, is this the Bradshaw gimmick that everyone that's gonna make him no, go? No, what? There's He's a, still away? There's at least two more gimmick changes. Oh my so, god! Well, like one, then the one that sticks, I think. Huh? Okay, I'm, I don't know the tweener one then. Uh, we'll talk. We yeah. can talk. Bradshaw's Bradshaw. It's the same gimmick, but it's a very different interpretation of okay. like Bradshaw's ring gear gimmick is a little bit like the the magician who keeps pulling out like a handkerchief and it's a different color and a different color and it's like whoop 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 where does it end well he's just like a big he's a big young guy that I think they big just old hoss with a dumb face he's got such a dumb face and it, it, you know what still dumb we're still like in this current gimmick I looked at his face. I was like, "That is a dumbass." Yeah, face. he's got a dumb face. Well, he's got. It doesn't help that he's got the big dumb mustache on there too. Oh, yeah, Wait but until he becomes smart face Bradshaw. It's gonna be great. <laughs> uh, his porn facial hair, I did notice. Like it was like a, it was like a mustache that goes into a beard that like picks up just under his continental shelf of a chin. Would have sex with Bradshaw. Oh yeah, of course oh, he yo, would. he looked. He looked like he's on Grinder right now. Great, great. Like I would say, those fucking thighs on him. Yeah, okay, no, all right. You would get Oof, hold on, everybody. <laughs> I was, uh, but also looking at him, I was gonna say, like Bobby, if you were ever invited, if there was a guy who had a picture like that, and you were going to his house, just like tell us where the address is. If you think just, I haven't had sex with a guy that looks like Bradshaw, no, I'm just saying, like oh. <laughs> I just don't want to find your body in a like he looks oh, like got he it, would murder you. We want to. I just want to make sure you're safe. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, let's see. Uh, Bradshaw can apparently whip his opponent with his leather chaps and not draw the DQ. There's always a weird thing with, I feel like there's like parts of costumes that they pick and choose are like worth or not worth disqualifying someone (laughs) for. That I'm like, you can like take the tape off your wrist and like use it to choke someone or Bianca Belair's braid. There's like all these like little things that you're like, well, it's part of their body. You can't count it. And you're like, I don't, what? (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna come in wearing metal like metal arms. I don't know. Doc Ock is yeah, here. Did, yeah, did I mean didn't uh, doesn't uh, Shawn Michaels just do that in like all the past pay per views? Yeah, had, but he takes it off before he gets and, and he doesn't and he doesn't like hit anybody. <laughs> yeah, Shawn, leave your gauntlet on. <laughs> um, what is that rope that he brought? It's like a, it's a bull rope. What the fuck is a bull rope? It's like cowboy double, shit. It's like double <laughs> looped. It's cowboy shit. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, I don't know. This match is fucking stupid. It sucks. I have nothing. I have nothing else to say about. I don't. I have a few things. Oh wow! Uh, (laughs) 
I just I'm uh, listen. I'm processing, and I need to process this. Publicly. Eric just brought out like a bunch of like hand scrawl things on ripped up paper, like an in- absolute insane. These are my attack. talking points from the White House. Actually, <laughs> looks, again, two months from now, who's gonna get that joke? It looks like he wrote a manifesto, and it's gonna be in the police hands. Right. This is uh, this is my my uh, little notebook from seven. <laughs> I saw I was sitting next to a man on the subway today. I shook violently and vomited. Um. Okay, manager's license. That was oh, fun. I actually yeah. like that. I was yeah, like, yeah, is yeah. Sonny licensed? Or I is that really like? No I really it? liked that whole gimmick. That feels like a like a contractor thing. Like, sorry, Sonny, you didn't pull your license from uh, and, and and submit it to City Hall. You cannot be a manager anymore. You're gonna, you're gonna have to do the minis for a while. We got a ten day. We got a ten day turnaround time to process. <laughs> uh, also, I noticed Barry Windham is is against Bradshaw for reasons. <sighs> Um, it also still says BJ on Bradshaw's trunks. Like he just, he was like, I don't need to invest in this. This isn't sticking around for very long. Honestly. Uh, also, okay. This is kind of, um, regressive, but we talked about Cornette's, uh, the tennis racket and you were like, well, he's got the, the cover, the jacket on the tennis racket because what could be in there? Probably nothing, but like. It's, you know, the mystery. It's like the suitcase. But what is the, like, the, what is, like, the ostensible reason for having a tennis racket? Like, most people, when they bring something to ringside, it's, like, it's a thing. Like, if I just, like, if I showed up, like, tomorrow to the next recording with a pool cue, you'd be like, what, Eric, what's with the pool cue? You're not, what are you recording with a pool cue for? I think of it, like, uh, Patton. Has the um, what would you riding the riding crop. crop with him? So it's kind of like his. But that's because he was like a, a cavalry a cavalry guy. He was he was. But he didn't actually ride a horse. But there is more of a symbolism to the riding crop than there is to a tenant. Like, what is he volleying? That's a really good question, honestly. And I'm going to look into it for our next episode. Thank you, because I think that's a really good question. I think it is a good question too. Um, like just, just justify the choice because otherwise it's just like, I don't know. What is he coming from the country club? Nobody carries around a tennis racket like that. Uh, and then let's see. Oh, another thing I noticed, um, maybe it was before this, but I feel like this is where it became very obvious to me. Um, I think people are selling the DDT in a way that's different than they used to sell it. The DDT used to be sold i feel like in previous pay-per-views and as i don't know to for non-wrestling listeners who were those uh the ddt is where you grab the guy under your arm the guy's head under your armpit and then you fall backwards so essentially the the got the the idea is that you've taken their head and smashed it into the into the 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 mat yep fall backwards yeah yeah, some of them I think drop straight down yeah. in a way that makes. But I think more traditionally the DDT is you're Eric, you nailed it. But you're Thank dropping you. your opponent on the crown of their head, the very tippy top. Yep. is what I think the intended target is. I do. There's variations in the DDT where they're landing almost more like on their face or their forehead from the same starting position. Yes, but I think but, that's a, oh, okay, okay, okay. I think that's a because variation. you're facing you're facing them. Yes. And you've got them underneath there, and you're falling backwards. You fall, fall on your back. They fall, fall on their on their heads. Okay, yes. yeah, that's where. Okay, I don't know if this if this was something that occurred to you or if it's this is just a normal variant. But a lot of people sold it as now you're flipping me. 
Yeah, I think some people do take that bump as if they're going to go straight down on their head and kind of fall and then continue over. And then some just take the bump or flat. Yeah, and but like also to me, the way they were taking the bump, it almost seemed like they were just like, oh no, the 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 injured part of me is going to be my back because I just got flipped. It didn't even see, like in some cases, it didn't even seem like the head was making contact. Huh. Um, that's what I've been noticing. It happened a few different times, and it happened in this match. It happened earlier because that would look more like a suplex, I think. Yeah, to that's me, that's cool. I'm gonna keep my eye out for that. Yeah, uh, it yeah it, it 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 had the feeling of being like a like a snap suplex type of thing. Um, and I was like, that's a weird choice. Anyway. Now can we stop talking about this match? Oh, totally. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, who's it? Oh, Jared gets the DQ. LOD shows up again. Blah, 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 blah. So now we've got Triple H in China yes. backstage. Oh. And everyone's phone is ringing. What an insane thing. My, literally my note here is China's phone wants up running. At this point, China has not spoken. So does China have a phone? Does she take? No, wait, does she wait, get a lot of calls? Wait, wait, that's actually not true. Um, on one of the raws on the lead up here, it's actually a really dope segment. She shows up for the Bariquas are playing poker backstage and hires them to um, go after Austin, speaking entirely in Spanish. What? Whoa, that is pretty great. Yeah. What week is that? Like, could you uh, send us all the links? I'd like to rewatch. I mean, I'm sure I watched that when it was on, but I would love to. Hold one second. But that is pretty dope. Well, China has not spoken in English yet <laughs> on <laughs> WWF. Um, That's amazing. I want to go back and dig back into China because she. I remember reading her story. Obviously, she goes on to have an incredible career and then a tragic downfall. Um, but I remember when she was like on the upswing, there was a really great feature about just her. And she's like a very, she's just a very interesting person. I think she did like travel the world and do a lot of training and stuff like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if she speaks Spanish and I believe she also did some training in Mexico or some wrestling in Mexico. Mm. I haven't looked into this so much, but I, I would, as we, as we get more into China and she becomes more of a focal point for the company, I'm, I'm looking forward to digging back in. This is actually the first year you guys know that I'm a big fan of WWE 2K video games. And this is the first year in years that they're including China in the game as one of the legends. Cool. Um, it's a huge, it's a huge thing. Cause she hasn't been acknowledged by WWF for a while. Cause she did a bunch of porn and drugs and not great stuff. Uh, so it's good to see her take a place in history. Um, but they don't want a fourth. They do not want another... Well, it almost sounded like they were announcing that they weren't going to have a fourth, which is confusing. It was very confusing and very weird. Um, so basically what happens is Triple H basically says there's no way to replace um, the Heartbreak Kid. Like we, We're going to wrestle this as a handicap match. We're not going to have a fourth. And then it was like, okay, maybe this is the announcement. Um, and China was just there. To be there. Also, uh, it seems like she's had some surgery. Is this when when the when she like had her breasts done? I think that has happened. That that happened already. That happened before the rumble. I think it happened before the rumble, but it definitely happened on the one. Either before the rumble or before maybe even um, the December the DX pay per view. Okay, they will get bigger. Oh, so there's gonna be more. There's gonna be a lot more surgeries. Yeah. Uh, Okay. All the women at this time are getting their breasts like enlarged and reduced and enlarged and reduced, and so they, they're everyone's gonna look very different week to week. Do you think that they like pull some out from one and then they put <laughs> it in the other? Like it's like we have listen, we have limited resources in this saline. It's like taking chewed bubble gum and be... right, exactly. Big... Wait, and what? And giving it to someone else to start chewing? No, which would never happen in real life. The same way you would never share saline in real I life. Would, yeah, okay. 
So it's just like that thing that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Because it also doesn't happen. Hey, uh, hey, can I get some gum, Aaron? <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> we'll see how those, that fully word plays out. Oh, it, it's yeah. I'm only. I won't go into it now that I know my, that my dad listens to this. <laughs> so that's that promo. Then we get, I think, a really great backstage segment yeah. with the Whoa, nation. You mean awesome. like a, a segment that became a gif? It's so good. The whole thing is so good. The fact that he just does it nonstop. And even though he's just saying repeatedly the same like three things on loop, like I'm the champ. I beat him. I beat that guy. I'm not the champ. even. I beat him. I'm so that guy. Not even. Let's set the let's set the stage for this. Okay. Uh, so the Nation of Domination is in the middle of uh, a promo. Who was interviewing them? Do you remember? I don't know. I want to say Michael cares? Cole, but um, Kevin Kelly. Who cares? As the interview is going, and as Farouk has wrested control to himself and and proclaimed himself the sole leader of the Nation of Domination. The Rock is off to the side, mouthing to the camera, I'm the champ. I beat him. I'm the champ. Well, I'm the champ. they were like, you know, pointing they, they, to they, the Intercontinental title. They were, you know, there was a little bit of a snafu where they were like, oh, we're going to talk to the, the leader. And, and Rocky goes for the mic, but then Farouk pulls the mic. And so this begins the whole uh, the, the battle for power in the promo. Yeah, this is they're, they're chasing this power struggle within the nation. Obviously, Rocky is such a star, but boy, is he a star. Boy, is he like, he's hamming up for the camera. I'm like, I can watch him do this for literally the rest of my life <laughs> until I, I am in the ground, until until I'm in my coffin, which is then attacked with an axe and set on fire. <laughs> yeah, we cremated Bobby Yeah, uh, by the end of this. Um, I, yes, I, I the first thing I wrote was Rock is owning the promo. He owns it. It's like I couldn't tell you anything that Farouk said because the entire time I'm watching Rock not say a word but just mouth words, and that's what I remember from it. That is a testament. Yeah, I literally – I'm glad you jumped in, Eric, because I don't even remember the beginning where they they handed the microphone over to the Rock. No. All I remember is maybe Farouk said something about how he's been in bad neighborhoods, and that's it. I don't know if Farouk threatened to, like, whip his ass or something like that. Because, like, like, after he took the mic, he was like, man, you're just, you're just begging for me to whip your ass, something like that. And then he went into his promo, and I stopped listening because I was too busy watching The Rock's titties bounce. Uh, he also, uh, <laughs> Rock, at, at, like, there's, Rock gives what I think you can find on, on Twitter or Giphy or whatever as, like, the, you know, the quintessential eye roll like whatever uh and doing all that stuff there's gonna be so much more eric i'm so excited oh yeah i'm so excited that you will experience this i am i'll tell you now he was warming up for what comes later because this was like him doing his like facial exercises he was literally just going eye roll eye roll like like um uh, eyebrow eye roll eyebrow like he was going through it was like um eye roll eye roll peck jump peck jump peck jump it was like um, it was like circuits, like it was like it was like watching was a curves. Rube, it was like watching a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, what? It was curves. Like he had to, like he had to go through a full circuit to get like of his face and his pecs to just get back to the beginning again. It was awesome. I, I would put this as one of the things, listeners, to go to make it a point to seek out and watch because it, it's it's a legendary, as Eric's saying, like a legendary memeable moment. Had there been memes at this point in our lives, uh, but it is also just like one of the most like surefire, like holy shit, this kid's a star. Uh, things to see and it's just fucking fun to watch so see look this up on the network and watch it 
or you know, I'm, this, or this is a, this is probably on YouTube. on YouTube. So then we have the Nation of Domination versus the DOA, Ahmed Johnson and Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock, I I feel like we have watched the last few months. The Rock and Ken Shamrock both get so much better. They both, yeah. I think, have improved so much, and I just so enjoy watching the two of them. I yeah, think this, they have great chemistry. I forgot how good I forgot how good they were together, and like how fun it was to watch them interact. I was reading a, a Ken Shamrock interview recently where he talks about this time period and just about how he and The Rock were both cutting their teeth at the same time, and how much they grew from working with each other at this point. I think you can tell. And it's just funny, because you look around this, I mean, Farouk is a legend, but he's not like a star in the same way. Um, Mark Henry at this point is still pretty green. D'Lo is still very green. DOA sucks, no one cares. Um, who is DOA this? has lost li- literally every single aspect. Oh my God, DOA, no. I, mean, I don't know. DOA, yeah... I'm not going to, to, to die on the hill of DOA is good by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that they could put together a solid match. Sure, 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 sure. I, I don't think like, they're bad. Like they're they're but... workhorses. Like, I, I don't... But there's not a star. No, 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 no. They can't even figure out who's who. Who's going, that's, even the announcers, like, they can't be... I think that, that was so shitty. They could never be bothered to learn Skull and 8-Ball, which I know is stupid, but it's like, for the sake of that running joke, like, they buried these guys. Uh, and then Ahmed Johnson sucks. And so it's like this whole thing is just being shitty. I'm surprised um, Ahmed Johnson like left in one piece, honestly. Like he got through this. Did he get injured? Do we know? No, but this is his last pay-per-view match, I believe. This is and not just his last pay-per-view his match. Last this match. is his last WWF match. What? Yep. Oh, and I don't think I was going to yeah. build to that a little bit more, but uh came up working. We can we cut go. it out? No, 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 no. I don't think they um and I don't think they knew that at this point because it definitely feels like they're teasing this Ahmed Mark Henry program. Yeah, um, there's some there's some weirdness to this here. Something. Um, and I tried to I've like looked up so I was like reading so much about Ahmed Johnson so I was like, trying to figure out I was like well what was like the circumstance of him leaving? So he and... was um, he was supposed to go into a match with the Truth Commission. I want to say like immediately following this, he had to leave the arena like very quickly because his sister this is all from wikipedia right here right his sister was sick at the like close to dying and they were like you need to get down here right now he left but didn't tell anybody like why he was leaving because he didn't want anyone to feel sorry for him or i don't know from he also was a really good high flyer at the time and i feel like all of this is from uh, a certain ahmed uh yeah, and yeah, the source close to ahmed has uh has let yeah, us know that he's he, the number one editor on the he, ahmed johnson wikipedia he was too handsome for this match uh <laughs> But I did a lot of Ahmed research and all this. And basically what I was like learning about Ahmed Johnson this is like obviously he's very injury prone, which makes him not a great superstar. But uh, he's also like has a really bad attitude and was like really like full of himself and got, you know, got like too big. They used big, to call him B.A. Johnson. He but, got too big too fast. But, but I mean, also, he is fucking over. Like the yeah. crowd ate him up. But he's bad. He, and I think sure. he's a dangerous worker sure. and all this stuff. But uh Jim Cornette at some point told a story about Ahmed Johnson that would happen years later when the Ahmed Johnson's on the indie scene uh, that I thought was really funny. And because this is his last WWE match, I don't know if we'll ever have a chance to talk about him again. Uh, where he was like booked to like wrestle at some like indie show in like Who Cares America. And he was at his hotel 
and he told the booker that he would not come to the show unless they send a limousine for him. And the booker was like, no. (laughs) So Ahmed Johnson had flown to the show, stayed in the hotel, did not work, did not get paid because he wouldn't get the guy was like, I'm not giving you a limo. And they told everybody the crowd. Oh, and then the the promoter told everyone in the audience at the show uh, what hotel, what room, and and his phone number. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I was like, oh, I get it. Ahmed Johnson sucks. Oh, Man. But if Ahmed Johnson ever wants to uh, be on our podcast, yeah, if you ever 100%. want to do an interview, you ever want to talk to us about this, set the record straight, man. Come if over. The, if there's ever a person I would expect not to listen to whatever thirty hours of of our podcast to see if we talk shit about him, oh, it's definitely Ahmed Johnson. It just feels like he has the time. But also, yeah, <laughs> I would picture Ahmed Johnson to also be the type to come here to Brooklyn and find us, and well, well, we'd have to send a limo for him. <laughs> What are we gonna I'm go going to down there to beat the shit out of you. Listen, I'm going to put on my the... thigh pads and I'm coming for you motherfuckers. He's at the airport. You better send a limo or else I'm not coming out there We're to gonna beat We're going to have to go to like Madison Square Garden and like get those limos for hire right outside and be like, can you please pick up our wrestler? <laughs> Take him to Brooklyn. Oh my God. Um, but this match was fun. I think this is yeah. the first match in the night where I'm like, okay, this match isn't a waste of time. It was not a waste of time. I mean, well, here's the thing. Um, anytime the for me, anytime DOA is involved, I shut the fuck off. Same. But you know what made this match was uh, Nation of Domination, who are all becoming like like if there was a super group. If I'm like looking at you know like for example Derek and the Dominoes of wrestling, this might be it, right? Because there's like a bunch of like they're all. I don't know what's going to happen with Kama Mustafa, but like I'm starting to get a sense with all the other guys. He's great too. He's right. he's sixty. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's sixty percent of the wrestlers in this match are great. Right, and so you you know you get like Ken Shamrock, you've got uh, and then I don't know Ahmed Johnson, whatever. But like The Rock, so good. Also, I guess what I'm getting at is there's a lot of good shit happening when things break down and like when they don't go too hard in the DOA stuff. Yeah. And when they stop playing the art is eight ball skull is skull eight ball game. Um, and then of course, I mean, I, I won't get to, we won't talk about it yet, but like that ending is, was phenomenal to me. Well, let's talk about the ending. Well, I, well, I, I wanted to, okay. I, I wanted to talk first of all about like, did you catch JR's comment about um, talk about being on the wrong side of the tracks? Oh, no. Like, just stop, man. Stop comparing anybody who's wrestling Nation of Domination to being a prison guard. Stop saying they're on the wrong side of the tracks. Like, be better about this shit. They won't. <laughs> they will be so much worse. I mean, and thank God, because that's the entire point of this podcast. Yeah. Yes, I know. We're supposed to, we're supposed to be upset about this. We're the catalogers. Uh, but yeah, we, we are Uatu, the Watcher. <laughs> I cannot do anything. We cannot about this. interfere. Uh, but yes, let's talk about the end. Because I mean, I don't, I don't, are there other parts of the match that you want to talk about? No. Um, brawl breaks out. Ref is like, eh, this is fine. Um, but then the very end. Hmm? Take it. You take it. I don't really remember. I don't remember either. Oh, it's <laughs> very okay. So in the very okay. So in the end. I remember the very, but I don't know how we got to the very. I, I oh, I know. Very, Here's oh, what I got. Here's yeah, what I got. Okay. Ready? So, uh, brawl breaks out. Yes. Um, everybody's in the in the in the uh, in the ring, or a lot of people are in the ring. 
it becomes at some point it's um Farouk with uh one of wait who someone Farouk 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 with Ken Shamrock and The Rock with like eight ball or skull Uh and they're supposed to they're they have them in the corners they're supposed to Irish whip them into each other but somehow um it becomes that Rock gets Irish whipped into Ken Shamrock and then uh Farouk and April or Skull or whatever wind up outside of the ring so now it's just everyone's kind of fucking around outside of the ring there's a lot of a lot of beatdowns and uh ken shamrock grabs rocky and does i think one of uh, what's his his belly to belly suplex on him and then he puts rock into the ankle lock and this is the part i want to get to because rock sold that ankle lock amazingly yeah. he looked like he was he looked like he was in pain the way that austin when he was in the um the sharpshooter sharp sharp looked like all he needed was blood on his face because he sold that thing as the most painful thing in yeah. the world dwayne johnson is a good actor he is i mean he's literally one of the best wrestlers of all time and for that reason, because... and it's so and it's so cool that Shamrock goes over on him in this match. Shamrock looks like a fucking beast coming out of yes. this. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and then there's a, a like a, a what is it like? What would you say? A, a post credit scene. Dissension in the ranks. Yeah, there's a post credit scene, <laughs> and um, like there, you know, basically the the uh, everyone else leaves. The Legion, uh, the Nation of Domination, is kind of still there. They're kind of they get into like a, a fight with each other. Do you want to cover this part? This is the big end. Uh, the Rock kind of like storms out on the group because he's managing to the loss. He's passed. So well, before that, you can definitely see him mouth, "I'm the fucking champ," which was yeah, yeah, awesome. He did that. So right, so he he like storms out. He's upset, and then like uh, Farouk just kind of does the get over here. Mm-hmm. Get back yeah. here. Well, this was after um, D'Lo caught one from Farouk, and so D'Lo was going after Farouk there for a second. Yeah, everybody was going after yeah. everybody. It was like People they were, were trying mad. to break it up. Dissension in the ranks, man. And then, but then uh, Farouk basically is like, "Get back here." Uh, Rock gets back, and then he does this whole thing like, "No, not there, right there." And then he like has them line up, and he's like, "No, no, no, not here." Right in front of the camera, they're, they're basically they're doing the by any means necessary mm-hmm. yeah. uh, power to the people fist. But like he's very he's like the way that he just keeps correcting them is obviously this like power play type thing. Yep. I assume. Um, and I loved it. I love this. I love the, the 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 pathos of it. Yeah, this storyline is great. I think it's awesome. This was so fun. Now I also want to point out at some point. Uh, they talk about how D'Lo Brown mm-hmm. is, a, CPA? is a certified public accountant. <laughs> and I, as soon as I heard that, I was like, why are we fucking around with Edge and Christian's fucking sketch show when we could have on the WWE <laughs> Network D'Lo Brown doing people's like tax returns? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I already have a title for it. Returns of the Max yes! with D'Lo Brown. 
And that motherfucker, he every April he just he does like schedule C's for all of the independent, the freelance contractors who work for the WWE. And then you see, because he has no work experience as a CPA, everyone gets audited. I love <laughs> It'd be it. Amazing. I I would watch it. Ah. It's like Judge Judy because he can like film like a year's worth of episodes all at once and just like parse them out as they go. I, I'm obsessed. And Vince watch. pops out and goes, "I know you frauded!" Ha ha. <laughs> so uh, there's another backstage one after this, isn't there? There is with Austin. Yeah. Um, Austin then plugging the show, plugging the ending. I think Austin gives again. Austin can't give a bad promo. It's impossible. He gives another good promo. He puts over Texas. You know, yeah, it's great kicking know, ass. Out of town. You know when you kick someone's ass in Texas. But kicking ass something. in Texas is special. Like, it's great. It's, you know, he's just the fucking God, what a star. Like, what an absolute star. Did you uh, spot the Stone Cold Polo? I did not spot the Stone Cold Polo. He was wearing a polo with a little, a little skull, a uh, little Stone Cold skull. And I was like, I don't know, is that your run to eBay? No, I would. Oh, I would. It's it's definitely it's it's. I'm it, googling right now. It fits in the run to eBay uh, slammies because or for your reconsiderations because holy shit, I was looking at him like this guy. We understand now that this guy like favors black and everything has to be like stone cold monogram, but monogram is just the shape of his skull. After my Shawn Michaels motorcycle hat, the only other wrestling. Uh, merch I had. I had uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. I didn't have Austin 316. I had like a Smoking Skull one. and It didn't say other side jackass. I said, I'm sure it said something on the back like 100% pure whoop ass or whatever. But then I had the the silver and gray like Degeneration X on the back said we've got two words for you suck it. And, and I was like 12. Uh, <laughs> and then I had another one that's the, another DX shirt that was like neon spray Hey ma, suck it! And everyone told I mean, I'm sure I told everyone. I don't think I even I don't think I even knew what they understood at this point fully what it meant. Um, but I did wear it all the time to school. It's funny that your your parents were like, "You cannot look at any porn on your thing because we will be fired." Hey, go ahead and wear this like suck it shirt. I told you my parents public. are pop culture like agnostic and like they just don't. So, like, I, I could be watching, like, HBO, like, I, would, I was watching a lot of USA Silk Stockings because it was on after <laughs> after Raw. Uh, they didn't care. I was, like, you know, famously, uh, was five watching Married with Children. This is just what happened. My parents, and in Living Color, my parents didn't guess the concept. If it's As on long, TV, it must be fine. So, one, once it was on the internet, they were like, what the fuck is this They're shit? very scared still to this day of the internet. Because I, I feel like if I wore, I, I don't think I ever wore a shirt that had any kind of lewd language around my parents. Not my parents. I mean, I watched Basic Instinct when I was like nine. Whoa. Yeah. In my parents' bedroom with them around. And like they had to. This took, the story took a turn. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, they had to explain to me like that. You and your know, father was naked at that point. He's always naked. Uh, they, had to, they had to explain to me that like the scene with Michael Douglas and gene triple horn was like consensual sex even though it was rough and like they were explaining it and i'm like okay <laughs> i'm nine i'm ten i don't know but i still haven't seen basic instinct my mom won't let me oh. i have my disney basic instinct too listen we're gonna get together we're gonna have lunch with your mom and then we're gonna go watch basic instinct together it's gonna be with great. your mom in eric's parents bedroom we and i'll and your mom and i will explain to you what Consensual but rough sex. My mom and I went to go see Wedding Crashers together. Oh, the boobs! That was a mistake. Not the wedding singer. Uh, Did no. you also see that together? Well, the boobs in that are a little saggier. 
Because it's the one woman who sings the hip hop song, which is. I said hip hop. <laughs> she, she actually does the whole promo. Right now, rock. Eric is 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 miming his 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 hanging old lady titties are bouncing back and forth with each hip hop. Mm-hmm. That's that's how it, that's how I remember it in the movie. Kane versus Vader. Here's the thing. Um, I actually loved this match. Uh-huh. Um, I liked the promo they showed before of all the destruction. I forgot that they were trying to make us believe that Kane only had one functioning eye. <laughs> right? I don't know they brought it up, but I was like, wait, hold on a minute. Yes. See what now? They literally have a guy who has only I, one functioning eye. I know. Literally earlier in the show, we had someone who had one eye. And now they're just like, <laughs> they're going to look Kane in the eyes. I'm like, you forgot. Like, your continuity guys are terrible. I forgot because I was looking at the because the poster for this pay per view is a close up of Kane's face, and he's got the white out contact on one eye, and it, the whole thing is like leaning in so hard. By the way, the the package before uh, made me. Th- I was like, this all the 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 raw stuff leading up to this looked really fun. Yeah, I this liked it. I like great the fun- hoss fight. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just just prior to this, I don't know why they brought when they talked about it, but. At some point, I think, like, King held up a report card. Yeah, that was basically an index card. It was an index card. I'm like, no report card. You're a teacher, Aaron. Yeah. Do you make all your report cards in index cards? Um, well, nowadays, report cards are, like, just printed out. Like, They're actually just tiktok to you. They're just dm <laughs> to your mom on Instagram. I checked out my teacher's Instagram story. I'm failing English. I think back in like the 40s, report cards were actual like index cards. They were like, swipe up for comments. (laughs) You mean when when Jerry Lawler was... uh, When he was a lad. No, I was going to say when he was like, you know, a a working man. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this match is amazing. Yeah. The crowd is so into it. Kane is over as hell. I was definitely worried at the beginning that this was going to be another uh, red light district match. Yeah. Oh, but then they turned the lights on. But then on. they turned the lights yeah. on. I was very happy. Oh, and we got a Vader moonsault. <sighs> but also... So good. I don't Followed know. Followed immediately by a Kane sit-up. It was such a great spot. Yeah. That yeah. was the perfect no, it was spot great. for that. It was great. And and what Vader did to, to Kane's build here is amazing. This is how you build this, a monster. This match, though... and. I guess, yeah, I'm going to say it. This match makes me a little sad now because this is going to be the start of Vader's jobber territory. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I you can tell because, you know, they 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 put Kane over really, really well because it was just like everyone before this was like kind of smaller. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they would throw things at him and Kane would just kind of like shrug it off. This was the first person who looked like he could do a little bit of damage and... Mm-hmm. And still, Kane prevailed. Mm-hmm. But it also felt more like a wrestling match. And I mean, and as we know, uh, Vader's going to have a career for the next twenty years wrestling. Right, wrestling. He get, he he walks up in his walker. Like, talk about the opposite of Ahmed Johnson. He's <laughs> yeah. like, listen, just give me a Metro card. I will get there. Also, though, um, this is a setup. Uh, Vader does have to take time off to get a legit repair to his the eye injury when his eye popped out of his face. Uh, he had a re-aggravation of the injury, so this his angle, eye re-popped out. Uh, it did not re-pop out, but he did have to go in for surgery for something to fix that eye in response to that old eye injury. So this angle was written also to write him off TV for a little bit, which I think does wonders for Kane, though. Too. Speaking of which, again, we have one person who has kind of a bad eye, another person who's described as having no eye with two functioning eyes. Everyone's there's four eyes in this match. <laughs> 
six if you count the ref. Okay, there's a lot. The eyes have it. But like, but like, you know, you have two different people who have eye issues, and not one of them is Kane, who is described as having one eye. <laughs> but both wrestlers in this match acquit themselves beautifully. Yep. Um, Paul Bearer is great on the outside as the crowd chants Vader and like the look on his face when that happens. Yeah, this match is great. That wrench is huge. That wrench looked like Vader's. Uh, a, it's, a, it's a fake wrench. It's it, a fake oh, wrench. It, it looked. It, it looked like a, a prop from the unsinkable Molly Brown. <laughs> it was like what? Rent, first of all, aren't wrenches like standardized? Like it's you know, ma- this wrench was made out of pancakes. Like it was the softest. No, no that is the, that is the wrench that the that the the people working down in the hold of the Titanic would use <laughs> in order to tighten the bolts. It literally the handle of the wrench. First of all, I was like, what is this wrench used for? In this in this scenario, second, there are wrenches of that size. Yes, though. but also second, put... that wrench handle looked like a, like look like look, like a um, a caveman club. It was like it it started out wide, it narrowed down at the bottom, and I was just like, you know, every wrench is like measured perfectly to a degree where it's no, like, I think that makes sense in order to 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 fit into a human hand. <laughs> you what, have, like they're all Lego. You pen? have enormous bolts that need so the wrench would need to narrow down to equip like a, a human hand moving. Again, there are wrenches out there that have the si- that size head, but the but the the handle of it is like they're like straight edges. They're not. They don't. They don't taper. I don't know. I'm. I want to. Let's take a I'm trip. Gonna... <laughs> Let's take a trip to Home Depot. Patreon video. We're gonna go. We're gonna do a little, a little. Stop video promising this to the people, Eric, until we're ready to deliver. Listen, just, tell us which ones you like, and we will do them for the money that you want to give us. This all this makes me think: like, how did the WWE not capitalize on Titanic? Like, how did they not do <laughs> like a steerage room brawl? Like, how did we? <laughs> How did we not do that? You threw the executioner in that moat. An you got Irish the jig brawl. We've been in the boiler room. At this point... Vader is the iceberg. Yeah. How did we not do... How is it not like we have start Marrow and Sable? King of like the world whatever. of the ring. It's like, yeah. It's, it's Sunny is Rose. Uh, wow. Sunny is Rose, first of all. Sunny's Sable is Rose. Rose. So then you have to do Marrow as Jack. And or he's Luna not. is Rose. And Goldust is Jack. <laughs> I'm the king of the artist formerly known as the king of the world. Yeah, I could see it. I'm surprised they didn't do Sunny. I think Sunny is Rose. No, uh, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. No, Sable is Rose, and uh, oh, and Mero is and Mero uh, is, is Billy, Billy is Zane. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Yes. Okay, so then who gets to be who Jack? Is uh, Jack. Uh, uh, I mean, would it be Stone Cold uh, in the situation? No. Like sort of a blue collar no. man of the people? No. What's his face? Her her current husband. Brock Lesnar is, 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 is Jack? I don't get that. Draw me like one of your I mean, he French does sports. have a blue face, like the one Jack does at the end when he freezes to death. <laughs> That's Brock's face in general. That's because he went past six minutes in a match. Oh. No, 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 no. Shamrock. Oh, Shamrock is Jack. That's... He's been living in a car for most of his life. Well, I'm going to jerk off to that later. <laughs> for sure. Um, wait. Near far, wherever you are. By the way, I, I I did I did write in all caps. Grab the wrench because I really wanted Vader to grab the wrench, and I was so happy that the wrench got grabbed, even if it was by Kane. All all fun stuff. Apparently, the wrench was super gimmicked, 
Our guess, uh, there was a story where they had tried a similar spot at a house show, and the ranch was made of foam, and during the match, though, Kane accidentally stepped on it, and you could, like, see it, like, squish. <laughs> and, like, ruined it for everyone. Um, this was fun, though. I, I loved this match. I thought it was great. My one criticism is I thought the bumps at the end were poorly sold. There were some weird bumps. It was like, there was a point where um, Kane had to grab... Uh, Vader by the by the throat and do the choke slam, and he grabbed Vader, and Vader just kind of like kept walking, but like went for the chokes, like went along with the choke slam, and I was like, mm, some of this feels a little weird. And then for the for the tombstone pile driver, it was a little bit. It it felt a lot like Vader was helping make that happen. Like it, it they put on a, a great match up till that point and at, at a certain point i don't know if he was trying if vader was trying to sell that he was punch drunk or whatever but like he it felt a little bit like okay i'm done let's start doing the things that you need to do to get this over yeah i don't know i liked it i, I could don't see know i was i was all in i i really enjoyed it i thought it was a great way to build a monster is you'd put him over someone who's proven himself to be a tough guy to get over yeah yeah I, I just, you know, for the, those... To be the, the monster, you have to beat a monster. Just those two bumps, I, I could have used better work on them. Okay. All right. And that brings us to our main event. Yeah. So, we get the culmination of this eighth man storyline here. And, dear listeners, so we've been going the entire night, and they announced the eighth man as Savio Vega. Eric, what was your reaction to that? Because you you were coming into this clean. I thought that they were going to wrestle handicapped, and it was going to be something fun. And I was like, "Why?" It just it literally felt that like they were just like, "I don't know who's available. Who do we? Who's who's fresh?" And like, and then Savio Vega. It was almost like he knew that he was like you know, the last choice of everybody. Because he was like, I'm going to bring a, 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 a garbage, pan, can, pan, garbage can lid and some uh, barbed wire. It's like, it was a little bit like stone soup where he's <laughs> like, and for this match, I don't know, I'll have, a, I have barbed wire. Let's do this. It was absolute garbage and it made no sense. Was... Was the thinking, like, to make people think that Tyson was going to be the eighth man? No. And they had to be very careful with how they used Tyson and be very explicit about how they used Tyson. And if they were going... Because if Tyson was the thought here, they would have advertised him. Because people would be more likely to tune in if they knew for sure he was going to be there than if they were wondering if it could be him. Right. Like so it, he was off the table. But it, and, I, and in the Raws leading up to this, they actually they cut to Don King who said that the Nevada Boxing Commission will not let Tyson fight Steve Austin. And so they've his role in WrestleMania is that of an enforcer and nothing else. Yeah. So I, I don't think that it is. But they – so Sean is out though, legitimately injured. Um, so everything's, and all those people we talked about up top are gone or dead or out or whatever. And so they're really kind of low on people here. Uh, I mean, so they had thought about adding Sid to the match, Psycho Sid to the match. Is Psycho Sid still like in um, the? Federation? I don't think he's contractually. Um, I don't think he's like under contract. I think it would be a, they'd have to contract for a one-off. I'll um, come out there, but you have to send the limo. <laughs> I'm the big gimmick master of the time and the space. Of Yes. And you're like, what? Uh, uh, but they ended up going with Savio. Did they ever think 
to put China in? They did not. It did not come well, up. Dummies. It didn't come up. She wasn't wrestling at this point, though. No. Sure, she was taking bumps and whatever, but she was not wrestling. But, um, I, I mean, we'll talk match, about that. I think that she could... Rest. She could have hit somebody with a trash can Yeah, but I short. think they, they, hadn't, they hadn't broken the seal on it yet. And they really right. haven't done violence against women in the way we're going to see. I mean, like, the amount of violence against women we're going to see in the coming years, it is, looking back, astounding. I mean, but we're at this already point, seeing it at the end of this match. But it... But yeah, like that it, is what a, what a sweet little kiss that is compared to. Are they just gonna rip out breast implants and just just flop them? With no, it? but they are going to people that are that should not be. It's and not. Uh, China is a strong, tough person who is trained and a professional. Yeah, um, but they will do spots with women who are essentially um, models. And they will do. They will like put them through tables and like leap off of stages with them into. I mean, like truly dangerous bumps. Well, leap off of stages. You actually set it up pretty well because in order to set up this match, we need to go back to Raw again. Do you want to set this one up, Bobby? Um, so I believe we want to go back to it. So uh, Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack. We're gonna have a one-on-one. Yeah, and this goes back to that breaking the fourth wall. Before they were gonna have a one-on-one, and and they kind of cut to them just in the ring talking as uh, Terry Funk and Mick Foley in that breaking the fourth wall right there. But then they said they were gonna do a one-off match where it was the two of them, and this was going to be the ultimate king of the hardcore matches, like end all be all. At the end of this, Mick Foley, Terry Funk, we're gonna know who's number one when it comes to hardcore matches. So they're going nuts in this match. Uh, at one point, Terry Funk is put in a large dumpster, a large oh, metal dumpster the, the New Age Atlas on the around? stage. Yeah. Uh, Kachachek leaps off the Titan Tron into the dumpster on top of him. Uh, they're both in the dumpster now. New Age Outlaws come out, close the dumpster, seal them in, run it, push it off of the stage with them inside of it. Wow. When that happens, they uh, do something very different than they usually do. Now they're referring to them by their names, Terry and Mick Moore. It's seeming like this. It's they're making this seem like it is it is real it is a shoot that this is a a work gone wrong so the new age outlaws vince comes out sunny is crying vince sunny actually does really good acting in this one here the outlaws are going are apologizing to vince like we're sorry we're so sorry we didn't we didn't realize we're so sorry we're so sorry they're apologizing to vince and dx is coming up to the outlaws and saying this is you're you're doing what you're supposed to they say we want ratings they say we want ratings we want you to push the envelope you got to push the envelope so it they're breaking the fourth wall in a big way here um, they're taken out. They're not moving. They're in neck braces. They're being taken. I remember watching this and thinking this and was real. They spend several segments of this live Raw just on the aftermath of this. So it starts with – the Raw starts with this match. And, like, the entire Raw is war up to the war zone is the match and then the aftermath. Wow. It's pretty incredible. Um, but that's what they're selling if they did this 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 – this spot the spot was actually very dangerous because it is just a giant dumpster and so what they did precaution wise there's some padding in there they put like you know garbage bags full of peanuts or whatever but really what it was is it's um they installed things for them to hold on to so they wouldn't like hit smash their heads they go over um i pictured them wrapping themselves up in like a mattress inside and holding each other close they did say because uh, they wanted to put almost nothing in it uh and they wanted to keep it as like realistic as possible. And they were like, well, I'll hold him and he'll hold me. We'll be fine. But no, they put the bars in so they can kind of make it as safe as possible. But it was still a very dangerous spot. And they were like very nervous about doing it. If it like, were me, I would expand 
to try to like that's what i did when i used to ride in dryers when i was uh, when i was in college at, at cornell folks <laughs> Eric Silver used to ride in dryers to see how long... How long I, if I could outlast all the other people in dryers, yeah. which I did every time. It turns out <laughs> I might have been the dumb one because they were like, I got to get out of this dryer. And I was like, I can keep going! You can't tell... When you're in a dryer, you can't tell if your opponents have gotten out of the dryers. You sure. Just, you just have to go for like however long you can go. And their dryers, for whatever reason... The the heat on their dryers was able to be turned down, and mine was never turned down. I like I like we would try. You had to, a special dryer that you insisted on using every time. I'm not. No, I'm not fully. I just I I thought like mine was broken, or they were all assholes and they just turned it up. I just realized that right now on mine. <laughs> they could have. I don't wow. know. But like I I would get in. The the secret is. You make yourself big, and you don't have any exposed skin touching the the metal. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and if my dad's listening, listen, I'm okay. He survived. He survived. Uh, I'm alive, and I and I got two degrees, so I'm fine. Uh, okay, so, yeah, that's so, a lot. That's a lot. So we get to this match. Um, I love even in the outset. I there's no cheap heat that I love more than um. The sports team that you love has gone to another city. Oh yeah, the Tennessee them, Oilers. Them coming out in the Tennessee Oilers shirt was mwah, chef's did kiss. The, did the Oilers become the Titans? Yeah. Okay. And then the Texans were an expansion team after that. That makes sense. So Savio came in because all the guys wanted to work with Savio. So Savio was always being a great worker, and so basically they knew they had a dog shit situation on their hands. They're like, "There's no good way out of this." There's no good option. Sid isn't that much of a better option. A three, four on three, they didn't think was a better option. Um, so we got to go with the with Savio. They all because they know that he's like a dependable workhorse. All the guys like working with Savio because like he is good, like a dependable guy. Yeah. Um, that they feel safe with and whatever. And they knew that he put on a good that he would like give forth the effort, even though he's not the most exciting character. He would do the work. So they were like, L- I know. We're not sure who's going to take it over. Let's make this a big thing and let's let's build up the tension for the payoff of this. It would have made a lot more sense to just announce it from the Good offset job, because yeah. they're doing that thing anyway where DX is using the Bariquas as like hired guns. I agree. I, I, I think and they could have just made it. I think making it, playing it up for tension made it worse because then you were like, oh, this isn't a surprise. Yeah, like use Savio and then make... Make promos around Savio, where Savio can like. It's not like holy shit, Hulk Hogan is here. Keep in mind that they learned this on Thursday, and this paper before this pay per view, and this paper is on Sunday, so it's been a matter of days. And I'm trying to think back then there wasn't a SmackDown, and so there probably was a there's a shows that no one watches on the weekends, kind of stuff. But again, they have they had and there's no they had four promos to prove themselves. True. And, and 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 the whole point of a promo, right, is to make the match exciting. They could have gone in the direction where they were just like, I don't know, there's a way to make Safio exciting in that short amount of time. Yeah, I, I, I understand the right. thinking. I think it's, it's the, it was. I think they were wrong, but I I kind of like understand the thinking and think they were kind of like backed in a hard place here. Like I don't know what they could have done with those promos to get you excited about Savio Vega. Um, yeah. So I think they were just hoping that well, if we tell them up top, it's Savio. They're not. They're going to tune out. But if we keep them guessing, maybe they'll stick around and hopefully... Think with they, Austin, like, no, we just paid for this pay-per-view. We're the going to, to, to stick around. Stone Cold Steve Austin sure, You want there. to see Austin. And the problem is we don't know what Savio's stake in is this. There's This is a, a no disqualification match. So like, there's no reason for him to not just like hang out outside and 
With That's very I true. think putting the 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 payoff um, route in there would at least give him a reason to be. In there. Oh my god! And also, I mean, and not to go too far, but they kept throughout the match. They kept they kept saying like, well. If Sabio's here, you know the Bariquas are not too far away. It turns out they are too far away. <laughs> but also the rules is mentioned because there's no DQ match, but they're still tagging. Well, yeah, go, oh, they're so, counting so, the five. Yeah, so this so, is, like, this I is so like ninety seconds in, I'm like, this match is fucking dope. Like it's just like they're hitting it's each other with weapons. It's a big Donnie. Also, is everything I assumed is gimmicked or or how much? I don't know. Not yeah. definitely not all. Some because also Mick Foley and, and and Terry Funk are fucking nuts, and so like they don't gotta be gimmicked. But like those trash cans are made out of tin foil. Like, but the uh, chairs. I'm sure the chairs are gimmicked in some way. I honestly don't know, but I, I imagine they're gimmicked in some way. But so I was expecting this match to just kind of be like everyone can fuck with everyone, and then as soon as somebody gets a pin in there, then it's over. All of a sudden, like halfway through this match, maybe. Ooh. A tag match breaks out? Yeah, that was something on the apron. I'm like, I, I agree. It was very weird because it was like a total like melee. And then all of a sudden it was like, now we're going to have structure for no reason. They tried to sell it as this is crazy. We, we like the, there, it's a no DQ match, but somehow at some point later on, I think it was after the, the power bomb through the chairs. At, then that's when the ref gets control and they turn it and they like, it was supposed to be a, a tag match but the but like it went out of control they finally got them under control mm-hmm. and they they were like okay now now people are going to start doing tags but, but yeah why it made no sense none of it made any sense at any point anyone could be in the ring for and what are you gonna you're gonna disqualify me no no yeah it really didn't it didn't make any sense at all it it kind of seemed like they just didn't know what they were going to do with this part of there's a lot going on with this um first of all from a technical perspective very curious about the the tableau of the of the different interactions was really interesting to me because this is obviously something for cameras but it's also something for an audience and there is the way that they were able to have action in the ring outside the ring around the ring in different parts of the ring um Especially in this match, I, I'm sure there must have been other places where I would have seen it, like r- the Rumble, and maybe even in, in modern times. But like that really struck me as the I was like, wow, there's a there's a, a lot to feast on in this. Yeah, yeah. And they haven't really, they still haven't really figured out the like, hey, when you have matches with all these guys, some guys can be knocked out and just like chill out for a while yeah. to to draw action in. There was also a lot of. Just standing there waiting for the uh, trash can shot. Yeah, that was. I was guys. gonna. I, I, yeah, the, what I had was Chainsaw Charlie was literally. He looked like the duck in the shooting range in the shooting gallery where you like you hit him and he just like turns around and like you hit him again and he turns yeah. around and you hit him again. He was just standing there like, like kind of just like getting hit repeatedly. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, I mean, this is kind of fun, but like, also, it just looked like he was just like, all right, just keep hitting me and let's see how long we can go with this. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of their thing is you're watching how much shit he can take. Yeah, it's it was actually uncomfortable. How do we feel about the barbed wire spot? Oh, super uncomfortable. I hate it. I couldn't even like I couldn't even watch it long enough to like understand it. How if they were like, is that real? Because a part of me is like, that could just be sure. like make, it's not beyond Mick Foley to be like, just fucking wrap me on barbed wire. I don't care. Yeah, I liked it. It wasn't, it wasn't, it, it couldn't have been like 
functional barbed wire in the sense of what you would find on a fence. But um, have you ever had like just dealt with like regular wire, like non barbed wire, like just? I mean, there were there were. Yeah, little... I suppose I've had experiences with wire. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is. <laughs> They wrapped him up in the wire season two at the ports. You know, the city is actually a character. <laughs> um, I guess what I'm saying is like wire of any variety, even if it's not razor blades or whatever, is painful and it sticks you. There were there were no smoothed edges of parts of this wire. Sure, yeah. And yeah. I was like kind of waiting for blood to get I mean, drawn Savio was wearing a, a, a steel glove or whatever while he was handling it. Right. And and Foley is just getting wrapped in it. I, I found it very, very uncomfortable. It, they get worse. I mean, these kinds of matches, I feel like. Um, get worse. What else? Oh. I'll tell you my favorite fucking spot in this. Stone Cold throwing that trash can. A Billy Gun. Yeah. Can, give him the full Marsha Brady right in the nose. <laughs> it would, that's, like, he took that. That's what that, that, that spot felt like. Because it was so sudden, it was just so good. And again, I'm sure that trash can weighs half a pound. I mean, I mean, Stone Cold with the hot tag was amazing. Yep. The crowd came unglued. Yes, as uh, well they should. Yeah, they they. He's the just, beginning and the end of this match were great. The middle was still was still was, super was fun. Cool, it but was it fun, was it but, was weird. Uh, I also, you know. Um, Back when we were watching in present day WWE off podcast, we used to have a, a, an ongoing debate uh, when when Dean Ambrose was in the WWE. Is Dean Ambrose wearing jeans? And the debate was always, you know, is are they jeans or are they uh, what do you, what do you call them? Like jeggings. jeggings. Yeah. Are they jeggings? We always thought they were jeggings because they were very very form fitting and, and stretchy and, and very stretchy. Uh, in this case, there were these guys were wearing Should've jeans. Been. Sure, Those were jeans. jeans. That's good for, for a street fight too. I think it, make, it also makes sense to bring more. I think more people wearing street clothes in general in WWF in this point, and yeah. in a street fight, I think it adds a little edge. I like. I that. had zero doubt about it. Um, I also want to ask, where does Billy Gunn hide his inhaler? Because you know he has an inhaler somewhere. <laughs> Did I ring. see Road Dog take a water break in the middle of this? Yes, in the oh. beginning though. In the beginning, I didn't catch that. Yeah, he he picked up. Uh, this was I thought during the the. Um, I thought it was like in the, like, it was right before it like it, everyone got went on the aprons for the tag match, right? I th- Did he hit him with the water bottle? At some point, someone hit someone in the face with something, and the announcers didn't know what it was, but it know. made like a splash. And All I was I like, know "What is, was is at that?" At one point, I saw Road Dog drinking from a water. bottle. I saw that too. That makes sense. I thought it was uh, I thought it was after the the entrances, but it might have been like at some point in the middle. No, I it's mean, definitely definitely during the. Does match. Does Road Dog look like he can handle the match without hydrating? Like well, that guy. he is the one to take the pin in this from Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, are we rated. And yeah, and I think that's. I think that that was a good move. You want to go over the ending of this? Yeah, match? So ending the match. Stone Cold has the hot tag. He's amazing. Uh, ends up winning uh, with the stunner on Road Dog, which he gets the clean pin on. Uh, following that, he stuns Billy Gunn after the match. He chases Triple H away. I don't know. Savio Vega has been like, I'm. I'm not even in this fucking group. I'm out of here. <laughs> He's not around. Uh, that leaves uh, Stone Cold celebrating, and then China comes into the ring, and China kind of gets in his face, like, "What are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about it? You're not gonna, you know, like basically, like, like, like you're not gonna hit a woman. You're not gonna, you know." Uh, and he's like, "Not. He's not. He's like trying to leave. He's trying to be like, no, no, no." She pushes him. He's like, "I'm not doing this." He goes to leave the ring. She grabs him. She gives him the, the flips, flips on the bird. 
double flip the bird. Uh, and then he's like, oh, fuck. And then she, so she turns her back to talk to the referee. While she turns her back, he comes back into the ring. She turns around. He gives her the center. The crowd goes wild. And I know it, my, my lizard brain was like, hit that woman. That's It's so interesting with China because and, – and it really does that, has less to do with – uh, her physique, though I think it makes it easier to stomach because you're like, this is someone who's of substance and like yeah. can handle, uh, can take a hit. But it's more that she's been so physical with all the other wrestlers who have had their hands tied to defend themselves against her mm-hmm. that it does feel gratifying, like narratively, for her to get what is presented as comeuppance. See, to me, I mean, obviously knowing that she wrestles later, this to me felt like breaking of a of a glass ceiling for her so i was yeah. like watch i was watching it going oh this opens up the gate for her to wrestle men and you know like that you know watching a man hit a woman or or, or cause any injury to a woman is not enjoyable to me unlike aaron um but but no but like women and presidents i want them all dead <laughs> <laughs> oh man we're gonna we're in trouble with this one but no like uh that's not something I, I normally care about, but like in this case, it was. It's one of those things where it's just like it's like when you know, I don't know. It's like hearing about uh, Sue Miller and Reggie Miller, you know, playing like doing like playing one on one basketball. You know, like like it's Sue Miller, right? I don't know. What Reggie you're Miller's sister was like an amazing basketball player. Anyway, it's like it feels like this thing where it's like oh. Now you get to do the fun. Now you get to do the thing that's at the top of the game with everybody else who's at the top of the game. But it's like even watching Candice LeRae do intergender wrestling, and especially some extreme spots in the indies. Like it's naturally we have a natural aversion to watching intergender combat like this, which is why divisions out of the way they are and whatever. Because wrestling is quote unquote fake. Uh, we kind of get into this blurry area. It's like even when you watch an action film, like say like Atomic Blonde or whatever, um, seeing these like female fronted action films, you'll see like most of the time they're fighting against women. women. Yeah. Um, and when they're fighting against men, they're having almost exclusively all of the offense uh, and very taking taking very little hits in general. Especially look like older films like Tomb Raider or whatever. I think that changes with like Atomic Blonde and more current, but it's it is culturally something I think that's changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And in fiction, and this counts as entertainment. We have a little bit of leeway because it's fake. Um, everyone's yeah. consented. Everyone's actually working with each other to be safe and healthy. Right, and I don't know. In my mind, it doesn't necessarily glorify violence against women. I, I, again, I'm an adult watching this as an adult, so in my mind, I'm not watching this going, "Oh man, like I can't wait to like hit some women." Now that said, um, they tease, and one of the raws. I think before Royal Rumble. So, but in recent history, Sable wearing sunglasses intimating that Mark Marrow had struck her. And that is violence against women in a different yes. capacity. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That's actual. That's not like we're both in the ring agreeing to be violent. That's so like, and they immediately abandoned that. They didn't pursue that. They suggested it and then almost immediately walked it back. Well, they, they, they were like, oh, the horse, the horse. Exactly. Because she really was injured by a horse. Right. So, like, uh, yeah, my when I watch this, I don't think of I don't think like oh man, I can't wait to hit some women in my life. I think like I can, like this is great that like a a woman because we don't have female wrestlers in the WWFE at this point. So like I think this is 
a chance for a you know for a different type of wrestler. This is a chance for a person to do something that you don't see you know for a different type for for a representation of people that you don't see. Agreed. And I and I enjoyed that part. Agreed. It's the difference between women being violent and violence against women, which I think are yes. like two different things. I think that's where we the worth or making. women being athletic. Yeah. And showing, but in a combat sport, and, and right in a you know. But we had, I mean, like, uh, with with quotes. But we saw, like, Ronda Rousey put Triple H through a table or whatever, but we did not see him react. You know what I mean? So it's, like, little things like that that I think seeing Ronda is different even than, say, Marlena would be Um, because they're they're athletes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, On the other hand, the idea of Tyson versus Austin sounds awful to me. Yeah. They were were, um, pitching that for next next pay-per-view or, or I don't know I think next pay-per-view they were saying Tyson versus like they're gonna well meet. I think that I think that there was a we don't need to go too far into that I mean we're Wrestlemania 14 is the Attitude Era like like full it's blown. like a coming out party for the Attitude Era and um, I think that there was a way to make Tyson we're not gonna see Tyson versus Austin I'll, I'll tell you that right now why would you tell me that right now <laughs> Because because they've already said on the Raws leading up here that that Tyson is going to be like the enforcer. I think that there was a way to make Tyson versus Austin a very compelling, very awesome thing to watch. But what we get is going to be great too. Oh well, I guess they were talking about it in the paper, like whatever you saw in the in the Raws in the at the end of the pay per view. They kept it sounded like they were selling it. I think there was going to be a Tyson versus Austin. I think they mean Austin versus Tyson more like. Um morally opposed yeah like more like uh, they're they're uh, they're opposing forces but they're not officially going to be fighting and each other. As no the, one thought they were going and to as the thing. enforcer role he he definitely said that he's looking forward to because they did a whole press conference for wrestlemania that was huge and like all over like all over everything like the press coverage of this was insane and he says as the enforcer he's going to have the opportunity to still get a little physical in there i see but that can all wait for our next episode. But right now, for years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards. And we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own versions of Slammies in a segment we call For Your Reconsideration. Now I'm going to give a Slammy to Stone Cold Steve Austin tonight. Um, Stone Cold coming out in that match, bald-headed, attacking with a mop, definitely not PG. I'm going to give him the Toxic Avenger Award. Ooh, oh, I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm actually, I have, a, I have a tie for my Slammy. So two people I want to give the same Slammy to. Uh, and it's the Slammy for, it's a me, unlicensed Italian plumber man. And it goes to Savio Vega and Chainsaw Charlie, who look like two guys fighting over a spot at Times Square to make tourists take pictures of them as if they are Super Mario. Wow. <laughs> You were afraid we were going to ruin that? Well, because you started talking about their jeans, and I was like, let's move on from the jeans. Don't talk about their outfits, because they're both <laughs> wearing, they're both wearing like, blue jeans or blue overalls, and then, like, With a red, red shirt or, like, a red, the red t- racer back chain up, which might as well be overalls. They're, like, knockoff Mario Brothers, and I'm so glad that no one... Uh, Mario them. Brothers. They are Mario Brothers. I'm from Southern New York. They are Mario Brothers. I, first of all, I just love that, that, like, Bobby was just like, yeah, yeah, we know they're wearing jeans. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. You fuck. And sold me out I for that did. shit. I was like, yeah, jeans, right, jeans, street, streetwear, street fight. Okay, bye. Next. All right. I'm going to give a very, very specific, and I'm glad that we talked about musicals to start with because I want to give the Baron Corbin, let it go, let it go, award to Jacques Rougeau 
because <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but when there were a couple bumps where you could see Jacques Rougeau did not have a lot on his chapeau. Oh. <laughs> uh, that guy had a huge-ass bald spot, much like one Baron Corbin who, as we all know, made a huge leap as a as a monster heel by shaving his head. Yeah. Quebecers, I know we don't know how long we have you for, but shave your goddamn head. That hair isn't helping anybody. Agreed. A few shout-outs to end the podcast. First off, uh, my roommate in college, Charlie, big listener of the podcast, always Snapchats me about it. I literally only have Snapchat now to talk to him about my podcast. It also Charlie, only lasts for like a like an hour, right? Charlie, feel free to um, spam our Facebook with photos of Aaron from college. Oh and also God. like Aaron's worst roommate um, habits then, because we know the ones from recently, thanks to Eric. But <laughs> um, Also... The Bushwhackers. Um, sure. How, what, how, what, are you, what are your feelings on the Bushwhackers? Wait, you want, you want to call? You want to thank the Bushwhackers? I, on this? Yes. I, Do you I, want to have them on the show? No, I just like in general your feelings on them and their place in wrestling history, real quick. Super fun. I don't yeah. know. I don't remember much about them. Because... All I know is a whole bunch of people who don't watch wrestling will Facebook message me and be like, "Oh, you're going to talk about the Bushwhackers on this one?" Isn't that pre-attitude? Yes, yeah, way pre-attitude. Yeah, but I remember again, them. they don't watch. But shout out to my friend John Ray from work, who also is a big listener. And we had uh, another Twitter shout out this week. What do you guys want to take this one? No, you do it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not about. prepared. We're talking about Sarah, who wears cardigans ironically yes. and really wants to give us money through Patreon. Guys, I love this. First of all, tell us what you want from us. Literally, on tell us what you want. We have ideas, but like we will, we're happy to make content as long as it's not like an ongoing, like weekly, po- like other podcast. We have fun you ideas. Want to give us money? Tell us what we need to do so that you'll give us this money. Yeah, and like give us a price range. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> this will give it. We'll get you. This. So we're putting out an RFP request for proposals yes. for our Patreon, please. I also want to point out that um, that Mike, who we've we've shout out on the podcast before he like tweeted at jr asking yeah. him to listen to us which i i'm now i'm afraid because if jr listens to the first episode he knows that i made fun of his bell's palsy so i'm a little worried i yes i feel like jr would hate our podcast so much yeah he'd be like you bunch of these fucking smart marks think they know it all they weren't there what do we know literally what do we know truly nothing. i will donnie brook a hole in your mud <laughs> that's what he would say Love us? Disagree? Want to come at us with a bin full of weapons? Let us know. Email us at HelenaCellPhone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at HelenaCellPod or tweet at us individually, Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slowpass. Our theme song is There Are Traders in Our Mitts by Disco Vietnam and our art is by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode nuts. And our episode nuts? Yeah! How about these nuts? Whatever, it's staying in. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be back again for WrestleMania 14. Did I ever tell you about the BOFA report? (laughs) (laughs) Shut it down.